Hello everyone, and welcome to today is Gar, a good friend of mine, and served in the carrier for eight years. He is an entrepreneur in the tech and financial industry. In this episode, we talk about Kurt Terry, his his mission overseas, and his challenges of adjusting to normal life again, and also his current business ventures. Please welcome Kurt and everyone. Last time my computer reset oh, yeah. during the podcast, my friend and I were just lit. <laughs> oh, and we talked for like two hours. I'm looking at the report, but yeah. not even so. Oh, no. But Kurt, man, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good, good. I think the last time I seen you would have been the fights when they first reopened back in July. I think it was June, July when we were at the brew house. Yeah. Jeez. I don't remember that. <laughs> Me neither. I had a couple beers for sure. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no, I do remember. Yeah, the pie room, yeah, Trevor, Curtis, I do yeah, Curtis there, yeah, yeah. That was a fun night, man. That was fun. That was a good time. Has it already been that long ago, though? Yeah, it's wow. Like it's been almost a full year since the initial lockdown back in 2020. Oh my god, dude, and that's crazy. If yeah, it's like all the whole past year and a bit has been a blur, and oh my god, feels like a movie. Like nothing's real. Yeah. It does feel like that right now, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people. I have a lot of friends that obviously been talking to about this stuff and everyone's dealing with it differently. You know, some people time's flying so fast. Some people, they just are having a hard time with it. Right. But um, I think everyone agrees. It feels like everything froze in time a little bit. I feel like 2020 didn't even happen. It feels like it was just a blur. You know, it didn't really happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think, well, people are wanting the normal back, but I don't think we're going to get it for probably at least another year. Easy. I see. Yeah, easy because the vaccines are just rolling out now. Just rolling out, and then yeah, you know, from what I've heard, they don't even re- reduce any like no. they don't even like it's like they don't even reduce the symptoms if you get it, so they don't even yeah. like help you not get it. So for for me, I yeah, I've I've had it. They said there's variants for me. Mm. You know, I want uh, not saying there isn't, but I'm more like I want some research on some data because I know yeah. there's a lot of people who are distrustful of the government because of the politicians what they done yeah and people probably won't believe that there is a variant unless there's some actual you know evidence i think they may have been doing a good job i haven't i don't watch the news too closely but yeah i think it's i think we had to roll the punches and do what you can do and yeah so well it's a weird spot right now too right because there's a lot of people that agree and disagree with what's going on yeah you know without getting too much into that you know i understand both sides by the way um you know at this point now it's like okay well we got to reopen the doors at some time and yep. when do you do that? Right. So it's like, okay, let's roll out these vaccines. So they're going to start rolling out these vaccines. But then even when you start pumping, as you're saying, vaccines into people, it's like, okay, when do we start taking the masks off? When do we start getting everything back to normal? You know, cause there's going to be a lot of anxiety around that. We're at that point now where it's easily a habit. We're all locked up. We got masks on. So it's like, when do you do that? Yeah. So what you're saying too, is like these vaccines aren't showing that they're doing this or not doing what they're supposed to do. Some are, some aren't, depends on the person. Because mm-hmm. that's how vaccines and viruses work. It's like the common cold. Yeah. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But at what point do you go, all right, we're good. 
yeah you know as a globe and then as a country and then as a province or in the states if you're in the states right like it's it's a really weird time right now so i think easily a year because there's a lot of things that are about to happen that's going to be weird 100 percent. and yeah i'm glad yeah. i'm not in the position to make those decisions Me um, <laughs> yeah just and, do the best you can with it i guess right? yeah um, just, i always said because there is um yeah. and this is my take and Again, I'm just like an average Joe. I'm not really yeah. not a nurse. I'm not a doctor, but I know there is rapid testing available. It's definitely in the states, yeah. And especially with the athletes, NFL, NHL, like NFL was allowed yeah. to travel, have a season. And for me, it's in my perspective is we're going to debt anyways as a, a province and a nation. Mm-hmm. I think we might as well be trying to be a bit more proactive, get a whole bunch of these ra- rapid tests. Yeah, have them maybe. Because if it, the more you buy, the cheaper it's going to be. So maybe have them an extra ten bucks per meal if you go to a restaurant, so you can get tested before you go. Yeah. Find out if you have it or not. If you don't have it, you can take your mask off, have a meal like a normal person. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of again. But that's I'm not the government. I'll make the decisions. But yeah, um, yeah, it's hard. It's kind of tough because I agree with you. Um, get that stuff done, but also like. You know, like if you, our, our government's spending a lot of money, which, I, you know, some people agree, disagree, but it's good that our, you know, our government handed out the, like the SERP payments last year and all these things, but there's going to be a time, right? Where either that money was in a reserve, which they had the money to give to Canadians, you know, same with going to get these rapid tests and stuff that you're talking about, or we're going to pay for that somehow, you know, because yeah. if you look at like, um, anytime you're putting money into anything, social programs into vaccines or whatever, rapid testing, there's got to be a time when if the money wasn't there. Well, they got to make it back. Mm-hmm. So where's that going to come from? See, that's the next question, right? It's like, hey, we're going into debt, but then how are we paying this back? Do we just go more into debt, take out a credit card? Tax, where do you get taxes, the, yeah. Right. So you can do that through bonds. So it's giving that to more people, which spe- which is going to make their, which means people have to spend. But do, do people have money to spend? You got to go off what you got to go off of, which yes and no people do. I mean, I think savings are getting a little less than it was 2020, I think. I mm-hmm. think, I don't know. Um, or they're going to do it through... Who knows? Inflation go up. Could be interest rates. Could be mortgages. Like it just—it's going to be—it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, in the next two years. Because um, I agree with you, we got to get rid of this thing. But what's the real method? Do we just aggressively go out and pay for it later? Yeah, because that's how the world works, right? You know, whenever you're paying for something, you got to make it back somehow. Yeah. And you know, we could sit here all day and probably talk about that of the yeah. thinking of the government. I know, I know, right? Yeah, political views, which I don't want to get into right now, because I'm sure. <laughs> That'll get fun, but no, you're right. Rapid tests would be cool, but at the same time, it's like, you know, what's the answer? And of course, we can't see the budget. We can't see the books, you know, unless we put our own money towards it. But then people, I think, are still in a little bit of fear mode of losing their job, getting laid off. I think that still exists today. Exactly. I think it does. I sat down with actually the executive director of the Mustard Seed. Okay. Um, He's one of my guests. Um, Super intelligent guy. Okay. Knew like politicians' names. I'm like, oh, I Jeez. need to start reading more books, like for sure. Like, I just know, like, That's I just crazy. read a cover of a book recently. That's all I know. But he said, one the um, after the initial lockdown and the basically the beginning of COVID, mm. um, um, they off they surveyed a group of homeless people. I think at a shelter or at uh, yeah. And he said, out of those people, eighty six percent were already homeless. Mm-hmm. So he said there was out of those people they um, surveyed, there was a fourteen percent increase of new homelessness. That's crazy. And that was a year ago. It's a year ago, yeah. That's um, crazy, man. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But yeah. for people who don't know you, Kurt, what do you do? Who are you? So my name is Kurt Bogart. Hello, everybody. Um, so what I do now is uh, basically I, I dabble in business is my thing. Like I'm in technology business right now. I, I do that. Um, I have my fingers in some other pies right now. I also have a financial business as well that I'm um, starting back up again. So that's exciting. So that's pretty much what I do now. Uh, personally, uh the best way to describe me, if you ever met me, 
was really cool guy to hang out with, cool guy to have a beer with, um, but insanely ambitious person. So if you can just imagine that type of person, right? Where when we're working out together, very competitive, um, not egotistically, but uh, definitely a focused guy. Definitely want the best, always want to be the best, you know, always pushing to get out of my comfort zones. That's that's the pretty much the guy I am. So you can imagine that in my business life. You know, uh, previously to that, I was in the military. I served eight years in the military, six years full time. Uh, did a tour in Afghanistan for seven months uh, in a combat operation in a mentoring role for the Afghan National Army. So yeah, that's uh, 35 years old. That's that's you know that's a lot right now. So that's a little bit about me. That's the kind of guy I am, and kind of things I like to do is just read, hang out, and just always see where I can apply myself and get better. That's just really me in a nutshell, right there. So I think you have to be a bit ambitious, and I won't say egotistical, but obviously you want to be confident in yourself and yeah. ambitious, and in being business, I am sure because I know yeah. I've been surrounded military uh, my whole life. My father was in the reserves for about forty years. Yeah, um, he got to do some cool. He got to assist um wounded veterans from overseas take them back home he mm. did he was he did um funeral arrangements for some families for, for people who were killed in afghanistan so he had to go yeah. with the you know it's called a chaplain or yeah father rev whatever and they had to go to the family meet with the family do all the arrangements so yeah and my i played for the empton garrison hockey team growing up okay um even though i wasn't all, yeah uh, military brat, so to speak. That's and, okay. Yeah, um, that's right. And so I've been surrounded by the military majority of my life. My one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's basically like my brother. Um, we played hockey together. His father was full time military for cool. twenty five years. I think they moved like okay. twenty times in like mm. twenty one times in like twenty years because <laughs> he was I think infantry. Yeah. And from what my friend told me, he's like in the military. If you want to first of all get attention and you want to move up. Basically, can't say no to anything. You got to take the course, yeah. do this, go Pay on the next dues. tour. Yeah, absolutely. And then from what he said, um, he basically said because of the people who are currently in command, older guys, old dogs. Mm. Um, he says if you do say no to certain things, then you're not going to much attention anymore. You're going to yeah, maybe be transferred somewhere else because they want obviously the military. They want people who are hungry, who want to advance. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I guess how did you end up in the military? Yeah, it's a good question. So I ended up in the military. Um. Uh. When I was a kid. You know, honestly, ever since I was 14 years old, um, that life inspired me. Um, and no, some people, when I say that to people, they always like, well, that's crazy. Why would a life of like combat and stuff inspire you? That's not the side that inspired me. The side that inspired me when I was 14 years old was I was very drawn to that world because of how the guys were, how the thinking was, um, how and what it drew me to that was how can those guys live that type of life so easily? It seemed to me at the time was they're so tough, they're so strong, yet they're such good guys, yet they, um, you know, they, they seem to, they're very committed people. And at that time, that was me. I was always a very ambitious guy. I was always committed. Um, but what drew me to that life, in my mind at the time, was there was no bullshit. You know, sometimes in life, it just seems like there's, there's a, it's messy out there. Mm-hmm. In the army, it wasn't that. It, it does get messy in the army, but like the job itself wasn't messy. Does that make sense? Like it was very yeah. real. Like if you have to do this job, you have to do this. What we're saying about that's um, about people not saying no. So they have to say yes. It just shows how committed they are, just like anything else, right? It's like, okay, if you're saying no to a lot of things, then the question is, is what are you doing here? Did you come here just to put on the uniform and feel good? I mean, you can go do that at Army Surplus. Yeah. If you want to do the job, though, that takes a certain person. You got to learn. You got to get exposed. You got to get some experience on your belt. So what drew me to that life was um, was that. 
was it inspired me at the time when I could really see what I was really made of. I was really drawn to be patriotic. I really wanted to serve. I love helping people. And I really thought I could apply myself there. So since 14 years old, it was like that. Uh, 17 years old, I got a little more serious with it. And I started training my body for it. At 17, believe it or not, I was already putting myself to the hard workouts. I was already reading books on it. I was already getting the shooting range. I was, I was doing everything. Um, and then I really took the plunge uh, in 2005. So I was 19 years old. I started part-time because I was in university. Uh, university was my thing at the time. I'm like, oh, I want to go be a lawyer. Um, but for some reason, I, I did some job shadowing and being a lawyer just didn't feel like it for me. I just wasn't, I didn't like it. I just didn't like the job at the time. It seemed boring. <laughs> <laughs> Afghanistan was going at the time. So like, it wasn't like the show suits. No, no, it wasn't. He, let's just say maybe it was a bad job experience. Let's just say he wasn't the guy I wanted to be. I was looking at him. Sure. There's nothing wrong with this guy. I was 19 years old. I did my own images. Um, but the army life, Afghanistan was going on. I'm like, man, I really want to get over there. I really want to help the guys over there. I want to serve the people of Afghanistan too in my own country. Um, so I did that part-time for a while and then I went full-time in 2007. So that's just kind of how I got started in it. I just, you know, that thing where it's just in your DNA, you're like, I just got to do it. And yep. it just doesn't make any sense. You just, yeah. It was and, one of those things. And were you, I guess, infantry, well, I guess, what division were you? Yeah. Were so you I was artillery. So artillery was essentially part-time. I just wanted to try, find my way. I had a couple of buddies in there. You know how it is, right? You know, oh, I've got a buddy over here. Get me in. Um, so artillery. Artillery, if you guys don't know what that is, so let's say if there's a combat operation, the, inter- the infantry are at the front, there's your tanks up there. Artillery are the howitzers in the back. They're about 18 to 30 kilometers away. They're the ones that do the indirect fire in on the battle. So they get called in on a fire mission and they shoot it on that. So I started there. Um, I was actually going to go officer. So meaning there's not commission an officer. Um, I was going to get my degree. I was going to become an officer with the artillery. Um, here's where I'm just going to be honest. When I went full-time in 2007, I changed trades to the infantry. And I went non-commissioned. I went as a grunt, if you will. And everyone said, that seems backwards. To me, it wasn't. If I was going to go to Afghanistan, I wanted to be right up at the front. I wanted to do the job. I wanted to you know, be where the action was. And I know that makes me sound crazy, but I didn't join the army to be in the back. And that's no disrespect to anyone who does indirect fire roles. That's no disrespect to support. I wanted to be, in the, I wanted to be up front. I wanted to serve my country and do the best that I could up there. So to me, it made more sense to be in the infantry because I was right up at the front and I could um, take part in the mission the best. And that's actually what a lot of my role was when I went over there. So I was infantry from 2007 um, until 2000, pretty much 13. I tried to do some firefighting stuff on the side, trying to um, have something to take out of the army as a civilian. Mm -hmm. Um, So I tried to do that a little bit. And then, yeah, so that was my life. I was infantry for the most part. That's... uh I actually applied for the reserves. Good. 2013, 2014. I okay. was kind of like 20. Yeah. I was in Nova Scotia. Was it green? I forget the name of the uh, green uh, something. I don't I mean, uh, but I somewhere I... in uh, basically Kentville, Nova Scotia, small town. Gotcha. And well, my friend's father, the, my friend growing up uh, playing hockey with, uh, that's who I was kind of living with at the time, their gotcha. family. And this, the father, I think it was the CSM, mm. second command at the base. Um, funny story, man. There's a one funny story. Well, side note, I'm going <laughs> to go on this. Okay. Um, we're going, I was going to meet the recruitment officer and he was bringing yeah. me in. And there's obviously the commissioners who handle the gates. And there's obviously cadet trainings as well that are on mm. some bases. And with the commissioner, I think it was lowering the flag, wasn't at the post and the person in front of us um decided to open the gate by themselves not knowing the second command of base was right behind oh, them yeah, and yeah, okay. follow the car and basically <laughs> give the cadet uh who yeah. personally cadets a earful for sure and 
but yeah, I remember um, I kind of I never went full uh, through the military. I okay. went back to Alberta, and I think a few years ago, back in 2013, around that area, I heard um, the recruitment process, especially reserves, was quite the the process wasn't quick and efficient as it is now, from what I heard. Yeah, and true. And yeah, same thing. I yeah. was in university. They recommended officer school. Yeah. I kind of thought the same thing. Like, I like to be with the guys. I want to be in the action. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, I didn't go through with it. And so I almost, almost was in the military. And that's awesome, man. Um, I kind of wish I would have just kind of, kind of yeah. your thought that the experience, that the training, the things you learn. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing, I guess. I want to regret, but the thing I would have changed mm-hmm. is have a little bit of military experience, see what's like serve the country that we live in. And, yeah. And so, how, what was your experience like? So you mentioned your artillery infantry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess how was what was the main difference between the two? Because you mentioned one is yeah behind the kind of more behind lines. One's up front. The action is is that like kind of like the only difference between the two, or is there similarities? No, there's a lot of differences. <laughs> um, the artillery. Um, now remember, this is part time, and. It's still combat arms. So for people who don't understand, in the military, there's your combat arms rules. There's your combat engineers, your infantry, your artillery, and your armored. So your tanks rules. So that's more of your combat arms. So keeping it simple, the people, if there was ever a combat operation, they're the ones who are taking part of the combat. So Mm -hmm. I just want to clarify what that means. So artillery is a combat role. It was a lot like, so when you're in a combat arms role, it's very structured. Like you don't call each other by first names. You call by the rank. You are your last name, rank and last name. Like there was guys I worked for for six years, didn't even know their first name. Like it was, it's very structured. So the artillery, it was a little more relaxed. So we were on, when we were out, we were out. But then when we were hanging out, it was very relaxed. You know, we're hanging out with Garrison, pretty relaxed, you know. Um, the standard was a lot less in the artillery. Um, I'm not saying that they are not high standard people. I'm just saying there was no need to. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it was as high as really as it went with that. Like it was more around the howitzer. Mm-hmm. We only had one howitzer, right? Different so, expectations. So. Kind of. Yeah. Yep. Um, I still applied myself the best I could, right? Uh, actually, in 2006, I got Gunner of the Year, which was one of the top privates in, in the whole company. Nice. Um, so not that that's a big, big deal, but I, that's how hard I worked. I was very committed. Um, and I was one of those soldiers. So I just want to say this really quick before I answer your question, because yeah. this is important what I'm about to say. There are different soldiers that join the military. Um, I, I look at it. This is my own perception, though, but this is an experienced perception with my friends and stuff. There's four types of people that join the military. There's the ones that are there because it's cool. I'm in the military. They're going to press a bunch of girls. They're going to press their family or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're just it's something they can do. Number two is for this reasons you're saying it's for purpose reasons. They want to get the experience. They want to learn. They want to, you know, they want to they want to develop themselves. The third type of person is the medal seeker. They're the ones who are very recognition heavy. They want everyone to look at them. They want to get all the medals. They want to be part of the posters. They want to do everything. But then there's a fourth type of soldier. The fourth type of soldier doesn't care about the medals. They don't care about the money. They don't care about anything. They really can't be bought. They really can't do anything. They're what we call the psychos of the military. They're the ones that you can't, there's no quitting with them. They'll do anything. They'll kill themselves. Like they'll, they're very severely committed. So depending on, and I find that's kind of in life too, a little bit. Like there's different categories mm-hmm. of people of where they where they are. Um, but that group, that fourth group is very rare, I find. Um, because there's times people are like that. But it takes a rare person to be like that all the time. In the artillery, I was the fourth category. I was like, I, I, I didn't even get paid. Like you have to sign in when you first get there. 
I didn't even sign in. I didn't even get paid some nights and I forgot to sign in. I was just there to learn. I was there to be part of the job. Like I just, I didn't give a crap, man. Like I was just, <laughs> let's go to work, man. Let's get the guns going. Yeah. Let's, whereas not everyone was like that. When I got to the infantry though, well, that changed. You know, when I got to battalion, there was a whole group of guys that I was introduced to. You know, I was also full time, so I had more exposure to that, mm-hmm. which I think out in the artillery. But there were some psychos out there, man. Like some of the hardcore people I ever met. But when I mean hardcore, I mean the most committed humans you'll ever see in your life. When they worked out, when they were at the range, when and they exposed me to a whole different life. So the answer is the infantry was just so much more committed to me. Um, there was more areas where I could apply myself that way. Um, whereas in artillery, I didn't feel that. It felt more like if you wanted to just go do the job and go have a beer. In the infantry, it was like you didn't have a beer till the job was done. If it took 20 hours, it took this, which was kind of the artillery, but the infantry was I could apply myself more there. And same with the group of guys I got involved with. We were just those guys, like, we're going to work out two hours a day just because, you know, we want to, we're going to get our mental toughness up. You know, we're going to hit the range for an hour. We're going to shoot till our fingers bleed. Like, it was just more of that atmosphere and it was more accepted in that atmosphere. So I hope that answers your question. But that's more at that time, especially Afghanistan going on, it was more you had to get ready for Afghanistan and you could really just, the sky was a limit. It just felt like you could become anything you wanted and the atmosphere could support it with how hardcore you want to protect you a little bit that way. So, so, so the infantry seems like it's consistently either improving, getting better, working on basically the minute skills, almost like say, if you're a, say an athlete, you may a hockey player, like say even McDavid, he probably still practices shooting and passing the puck. Yep. So that be almost becomes, cause especially in, um, a theater of war, you want to make sure that there's a lot of mechanisms, certain actions that are second nature that you don't think about it. That one, yeah, this the bullets start firing, the shells start that you don't have to think. And I, I'm a huge football fan, I always, I always have a okay. for football. I know for football that it's like the more you're thinking out there, the, mm-hmm. le- the less you're executing at a pace yeah. you want to be executing. And imagine in the military, it's the same way that if you have to be thinking more while you're in battle, not saying that you don't have plans of attack. Mm-hmm. But if you're there thinking, what do I do next versus, hey, I know what to do off the top of my head, second nature, you're able to execute way better. Correct. So on the on paper answer, because there was the on paper answer and there's the exposure of what yeah. life I lived, right? The on paper answer is yes, that's actually all combat arms. So basically they train you to the point where you don't miss, but they train you like that. Well, they're supposed to. That's why it's the on paper answer, depending on the budget, depending on what's going on, depending Who's on leading, yeah, many yeah, factors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But really it's the on paper answer is they train you like that from basic training where everything becomes instinctive, where you're not thinking as much anymore. You're, you're more just, they teach you like grounding techniques, get over the fear of adrenaline when you're, when you're doing something and working as a team, you're not always alone. Leadership, the aspects of that. But yeah, um, so the artillery was like that too, but the infantry was, especially getting ready for Afghanistan, they kind of train you like, you don't miss. You make a mistake, you pay for it. And you pay for it, right? Like that's, that's the thinking. Very hard life. And so the company I was in was the parachute company which is um, the method of deployment, which is that you jump out of planes. So we, we held the, the role of that, which means the standard of that is higher in their thinking. I'm not saying they're a better company, but the standard in there was higher to most other companies for fitness, for expectation, for thinking, for what kind of person you want to be. And then, of course, within that world, that's why it's the off-paper answer of who's your leadership. Because mm-hmm. then you get the people who are a little more relaxed. And you get the guys who, you know, who really want the world, you know, who will do anything to win, you know. And so, but yeah, the infantry, when I was there, um, it was like that. It was very like, you don't miss, you know, you don't miss. And if you do, you pay for it, Um, which is a very demanding life. You know, Um, you're on time for things. You don't miss, you don't ask questions. You do as you're told. 
Um, there's no questions about that. They, so that's not a lot of fun though. <laughs> they could ruin a day at the beach for you. Let's just say that like they just would. Yeah. Yeah. But, I was in, oh, sorry. I was in the yeah, advanced course. pursuit course. Um, okay. So I'm not sure I told you about, I'm actually going for fire. Nice. Uh, so I got my advanced first day, I got my class Doing three that. and yeah. I, I was in a class. There was only four people and one was in the military, but he was in, once a transport division, some sort of transport because, yeah. and then we're seeing classes like, Oh, just got a message. That I'm going to be posted this summer. Just, just like that. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like you're saying, ruin the day at the beach. I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving in Here's a few months. Go. Yeah. But you know what though? Here's kind of a side note. This is more of the mentality side of it. I, this is me personally. I love that because that is setting you up for anything that's very difficult in the world at your comfort zone. You, in my opinion, have to get to that gear <laughs> at some point. You just have to shift into that gear where when it's uncomfortable, your anxiety kicks in, you get the tingles in the fingertips. You don't feel like doing it. I don't want to get out of bed. It keeps you in line because it builds those habits. It builds that structure, builds that mentality where it's okay to make mistakes, but it's not okay to miss the result. And if you miss the result, how are you going to get it next time? Mm -hmm. There is no, I quit. There's no quitting. Quitting, quitting doesn't solve anything. So I like that because I didn't understand that honestly, when I was there at the time, because I was so in the life. When I got out of the life, I'll be honest, becoming a civilian, that was very hard for me because a lot of people, and I'm not downing anyone, it's just, yeah. it was okay to quit a little bit. Yeah, It's okay to not do something. It's okay to surround yourself with people who are uncomfortable and don't do anything. Not in my world. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how it works. So same thing with what you're saying, right? It's, no, it's not okay. Like if you go for fire and you go onto a scene and someone's hurt, I don't feel like helping that person. Like you don't. You don't have that luxury. That person mm-hmm. needs your help. Like yeah. get your get your shit together. Like now, unfortunately, hopefully you're trained enough to handle that. Mm-hmm. But if it hurts you, then you deal with it afterwards. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? That's what the buddy support system is and the debriefings and all these things are. But you do your job. When I went moved to civilian land, it wasn't really like that. You know, I had to really learn that about dealing with people. Yeah. I'll be honest, that's kind of a nightmare to deal with, right? Like <laughs> people were were hard. I was a hard guy to work with. You could probably hard guy to live with. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, so, but you know, honestly, I like that. You know, it's uncomfortable, but it teaches you that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that next gear, I call it, where you can shift into doing those harder things that most people don't do. It's kind of yeah. nice. You, you are right where, you know, especially yeah. now, um, and again, I think in life we go through ebbs and flows. It's uh, hard times make hard men, hard men, they can make easy life. Mm-hmm. Easy life ma- makes soft, soft, soft men. Can you say people? I think that's, a, yeah. Um, and I think that's a period where we're living now where we, gone through war we don't want to and going for i think a bit too far the other way where we're trying to be overly sensitive totally. to, and i'm thinking i think with our generation and our children i think it'll swing back towards the middle i think it's always going to be like that but yeah 100 right where um in some aspects there's no accountability you know yeah especially if you work a typical just a typical employee nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that but you know it's like i'm not doing that because it's not my job yeah. It's not my job description. I'm not getting paid for it. I'm not doing it versus I imagine, you know, in the military. Well, I know, first of all, a lot of the military, you're trained to do me- medical stuff on your own person for yourself. Yep. And then yep. you're obviously trained because I think it's also numbers based. We're, uh, I know the Canadian forces and I may be biased, of course, is one of the most well-trained forces out there because no, that's actually true because you're trained to basically do a lot of variable different things mm-hmm. versus the state's also a powerful ally. I'm thankful they're with us. Yeah. But they have so much manpower where you can guide just one guy. He's just on this job. That's it. Totally. No, you're absolutely correct. So the Brits, the British, and sorry for American viewers, I'm about to say something real and I'm not saying this to be, I'm just being real. Yeah, go ahead. The Canadians and the British 
are to other, some of the top trained and disciplined soldiers in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to help. I'm going to back the statement <laughs> up with something because I know some people are listening. They're, if they're American, they're going, oh, F you, buddy. No, no, no. Just I didn't say now. When it comes to the Americans, though, that when it comes to the money, the gear, and the people, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, um, when I, I had a chance in 2008 to go jump with the Green Braves down in Washington. And um, we were jumping, jumping, meaning parachuting with them. Great experience. Great guys. I imagine. Yeah, they were awesome. But um, when we went down there, so I got my American jump wings, which was really good experience. I got our Canadian, which I didn't give a shit about. But anyway, they, <laughs> they're like, whatever. I don't care, man. But it was still a good experience. Anyway, yeah. where I'm going with this is when we went down there, so they had their parachutes. So the American, but like, I can't remember what the numbers. It's like $6 billion a year or something. It's oh, so yeah. crazy like, how much money gets pumped into that military. But when we were jumping, so they were looking at our parachutes and they're like, why are you using that parachute? They're like, that's our main parachute. And they said, we haven't used that parachute since our jump school. Those parachutes are in our museums. That was our main parachute. Like, <laughs> and they're like, you guys are crazy, man. Yeah. Like, but anyway, so they gave us some of their parachutes and we're like, oh, this was way better. Like, yeah. it was such a soft landing. Ours, not so much, you know. But where I'm going with this is like, they just they got so much money to play with. You just can't be best of the best toys, best of the best toys. They have so much manpower. You could fit the entire, when Afghanistan was ramped up, you could fit the entire Canadian military into Fort Bragg, just the base alone. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, same with the British, but when it comes to training, toe to toe, skill to skill. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into it. Let's just say the green Braves and us had a little competition. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) You know, maybe it's just that day or something, you know, there's always arguments and stuff, but Toe to toe, yeah. Canadians and Brits are the best. One hundred percent. They're just they just are. A lot of what the British SAS did were taken into today's count, um, today's tactics, actually, for light infantry and for tactics. So it's very true. But we just unfortunately don't have the money. We don't allocate as much money. Well, we're we're thirty eight million. Yeah. You know, there's as many people in Canada as there is in California. You know, we just don't have the numbers. It's not as big, and that's okay. But training wise, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I did a. Uh I wasn't as knowledgeable about Afghanistan as maybe I should be, but I don't know at all because I know, yeah. well, it's not, hasn't been covered nearly as much compared to like the Iraqi war. Like the yeah. Iraqi war is just front page news, Canada, you know, our, like we obviously love and support our troops, but it's like almost like a secondary thing where we will cover it, but it's not like yeah. the stronghold. And then I know from, from the first, I know as Canadians in the military, we made our name in the first world war when we took mm-hmm. we vimy ridge and the second and the second and, and the second. yeah and, and korean by the way sorry i'm just yeah, yeah you're all, right all these different and, wars we did yeah i think well i think people are newer fucking crazy <laughs> um it's funny because we're like some of the most kind people but when it comes to hockey like yeah. it's like one of the only sports where fighting's encouraged so like and yeah. then the war same thing like we we canes are friendly people we'll help mm-hmm. each other out but when it comes to war it's like it's like a switch that flips and we become it does like almost like psych- psychopaths in a way, which you kind of almost have to be in the theater of war. Um, but like Canadians, I just from yeah. that, we were, I think we were called storm. I think we were called stormtroopers in the first world war. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Because yeah, like who are these guys going to no man's life? Oh, is it the Canadians? Mm-hmm. And oh, we just took, took that hill. No big deal. And then second, yeah. second war, Korean war. And then from my understanding mm-hmm. is yes, we have an active force, but we don't want to be like a, we always get compared and wrapped up with Americans because we we're so close. Yep. Um, America is almost like the watchdog of the world. That's kind of how they moved in World War II. Mm-hmm. They want to be the people making sure. Um, obviously, there's way more to do that political Cold War, but they wanted to become the watch watchdog of the world. 
Whereas Canada is, we kind of want NATO, UN, and we want to be peacekeepers. We want to go into situations Mm -hmm. to fight whatever insurgent forces are currently in there. We want to build a relationship with the current population, government there. And then we want to rebuild that and Mm -hmm. instill a a great life. And I think that's what people get um, um, kind of mixed up is when it comes to Afghan, Iraqi, where people think, well, the state's Iraq, oil, whatever. Yeah. But for a couple of totally different things that happened and our role was 100% different from here. 100%. Yeah, so um yeah, so like even World War II and the Korean War. So the Canadians were in combat operations then. So the Korean War being in the 50s and then you have World War II in late 30s 40s. Since then Canada wasn't in a combat operation. Afghanistan rolls around. Canada says we're going to take part in this in a combat operation. So they sent a battle group over there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you know, that's interesting because like you know, during the time when I was over there in 2009, 2010. So there's areas of operations, it's called. So you have all of Afghanistan. So if you had it on a map and then they have actually, it's called provinces, just like Canada. So if you're a U.S. Uh, listener, it's just like your state, provinces, states, whatever. Um, each province and area is owned by a certain country and that's their area of operation. But it obviously depends also on how well you can hold other things you're saying. Like what you can hold, can you, if there's an enemy, can you fight them off? Are you reconstructing, blah, 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 blah peacekeeping, whatever your role is. So the Americans, because of their size, obviously held a lot of provinces, but Canada had the Kandahar province. That was our all area of operation. So that shows that even though we weren't in a lot of combat operations, that we're able to hold our own province. And the one next to us is the Helmand province, which was held by the British. So they held their own too. So it just showed that we had our own combat rules over there. The Americans were there too, do not get me wrong, but that was our area of operation. They went through us. We, it, was our co- it was our frequencies and everything like that. So that just shows that we can hold our own. You know, in a combat operation when everything's on the line and there's locals on the line and the Taliban during the time, you know, they didn't have a lot of money compared to the U.S. They weren't stupid. No. They're not stupid, man. I'm telling you for firsthand experience, these guys aren't stupid. But these guys also in the 80s were also part of a group called the Mujahid, which were against the Soviet Union. Because of their tactics and their thinking and their and their ability to understand war, they, they outsmarted them and beat them. They beat the Soviet Union men on their own territory and they outsmarted the Americans and us too a little bit. I'm going to be honest. So when you hold an area of operation against an enemy like that, you got to kind of have your shit together. a little bit. You know, you got to kind of know what you're doing. You got to be able to hold that. Otherwise, the Americans got to step in or because they're the big boys. It's like having a big business, small yeah. business. You can you hold your own, right? Um, which where I'm going with this is the Brits and us. We did. We helped each other, obviously. It's not that we're all on our own. But yeah, you're right. So during that time, it was kind of nice to put the Canada name on the map of same with our special forces units, JTF2 and CSOR. Um, Working next to like the Delta Force, Navy SEALs, and um, and the Green Berets and the Rangers, um, which is the U.S. Special Forces, and they were just like, "Wow, you guys really can hold your own." We're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're here to play." Yeah, you know, like you said, we're nice guys. When it's time to flip the switch on, like it's go time. So I'm like that. We're trained like that. That ties into what I was saying before. It's nice that I was trained like that because when it comes time to do the job, oh, I get it now. The reason you were so hard on me was so I can do my job, and it's I can do it. Whereas if I was taking it easy and I get thrown into that operation, well, could I have done it? Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting learning about the war and people's perception because, again, Canada, we're such a peace-loving country. But, again, I just 100% believe that there is a need for military. And, 100%. You know, back in the 80s, I think, before, I think Mujahideen, um, yeah, I, know Russia, I know Russia invaded, but I know Afghanistan but I don't, I don't know about right, but I know Afghanistan was like a thriving populace. I, don't, I believe women were like just wearing regular clothing. They wore no burqas. And yeah. again, whoever religion yeah. someone wants to believe in, whatever you want to wear, whatever 100%. garb, 
it's up to someone. 100%. You know, I'm not going to judge someone yeah. for wearing a a burker and a cob. Probably help during code for sure because you're covered. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's, you are covered, right? So it is helpful in some cases. They were out um, of the game on the COVID situation. No, yeah, <laughs> but no, I agree with you. They, uh, whatever, whatever they believe, whatever they believe, absolutely, that's what they should do. But again, I then. And again, people were like, "Hey, what? How come Canada did X, Y, and Z?" Um, well, I think from my learned, you know, World War Two, Korean War, World War One, very easy. There's the enemy. Here are the allies. <laughs> we know where we know where our lines are, but the place like Afghanistan, especially when you know the Taliban mm-hmm. and uh, the civilian population, very very much. Wear the exact same clothing, oh, man. Um, and from what I heard, they were very good mm-hmm. and efficient at hiding the weapons. Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course, no matter I think what our population is going to be has uh, apprehensive a little bit because it's an army, right? It's yeah, people with guns. But for the most part, from what I gather, you know, they were thankful that Canadians were there. And I think from why from my like research that we actually did a pretty good job of you know, helping the, the civilian population and. Mm-hmm. doing some good things of getting the Taliban yeah. basically out of there. So I guess, what was your experience like? Take yeah, us through that. That's a good question. So I, I'm going to try my best not to go a long time on this topic because that is a very loaded question, but a great thing you brought up. Like, because that's, that's really the question. So people who look at Afghanistan, they go, okay, what really happened? Why were we there? Like what you're saying, those are the big questions. Why? But this was also the big questions during the time. Like it's not so much today, but it is obviously because there's not much going on anymore. But during its time, it was, why are we putting our Canadian soldiers in trouble? Why are Canadians dying? Anytime that happens, people ask questions, especially if the families are involved. Mm-hmm. Why are we over there? You know, and what you said is so freaking true. When Korea, World War I, World War II, there are sides. There is this uniform versus this uniform. It's called a conventional warfare. When you get into unconventional warfare, guerrilla tactics, tactics change. And our tactics had to change. So obviously, without breaking any laws, you had to follow your laws, but at the same time, play with their tactics. That's very hard to do, number mm. one, because they didn't play by any freaking rules. I'm telling you that right now. They didn't give a shit. They, they are so freaking smart, man. So you're right. They, that was one of their tactics, was blending into the locals. And that's how they gathered intelligence, was they would blend into the locals. They'd watch your patrols. They'd watch where you go. They'd watch what you do. They'd send it back. And then that's where they planted what's called IEDs, which is improvised explosive devices. They try and blow you up, right? So they watch where you go, watch where you plant your cordons, watch where you do this. Okay, then when they come around, because humans have pattern bases, right? They have more habits. So um, my experience over there was everything you just said. So my role over there, I can get into this a little bit. My role over there was I was part of a mentor group called the Operational Mentor Liaison Team. Basically what that means is I was in a team of four of Canadians um, and I would integrate into an Afghan platoon. So I, I got to back up a bit. I'm sorry. Just to answer your question, I got to explain this a little bit. So here's how it worked. Afghanistan at the time was run, run under a public government, kind of like the US. Okay. During that time, the Taliban before that were obviously ruling it. They got kicked out early 2000s. Republic was established again, but now the police and the military have to be strong enough on their own to support that Republic government. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't get overthrown by the Taliban. Are you follow me so far? Yeah. Okay. So in order to do that, there had to be mentor teams from other countries, such as the US, the, um, the UK, you know, um, Canada, to come in and integrate, to teach them tactics, how to support them properly. Not that they need a lot of help, but they had to teach that on their own so that they didn't get crumbled or outthought and all these different things. Are you follow me so far? Yeah. So my role was to integrate with them, to teach them that kind of stuff. Basic uh, principles of navigating, of shooting, of all these things. And then we would go on patrol. 
So I was only 23 at the time. So I had a lot of things to get ready for. I was only in the military for two years. So you integrate with a guy who has 30 people. Now, the reason I had to back up was because, and I'm answering your question. I just have to frame this properly yeah. to explain the image of what I'm saying. My role wasn't always to teach the soldiers what to do. My role was to teach the sergeants and officers what to do so that when we left eventually, they knew how to command and teach. So our role really was I had to learn the sergeant's job, the officer's job, the soldier's job. They didn't speak English. And then you're on a combat operation potentially, you know, and you're going patrolling every three days with these guys and then trying to teach them. That's not easy to do at 23, 24 years old. We know I'm in the military for two years. So when we're on patrol, um, so that just kind of gave you an aspect of what my job was. Mm -hmm. I was the youngest guy. Um, the next guy older than me, I think was 31. So I was very young and I had a lot of shoes to fill and I had to get my shit together. Um, and I did, you know, obviously I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I did. So, um, but anyway, where I'm going with this is when you went on patrol, that's why I had to frame what I'm doing. When you go on patrol, um, I was fortunate to have the Afghan National Army with me to talk to the locals, to extract information or to put a face on to show that we weren't so intimidating mm -hmm. and what we were doing there. So the reality of the situation is this. What, the reality of the situation is, yes, the Taliban were integrated. And I'm going to tell you this right now. You could tell who they were. The look in their eyes, man, you could tell who they were. Like they hated us. Like you could just tell they didn't like you. Um, but there's nothing you can do about it. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. But you, you're going to start a fight right in the middle of the town with all these civilians around when they don't have weapons on them. That's very, so much wrong with that. And you're just not going to do that. Which made it tough because it's like, well, they're gathering information to go on the offensive about you. So you had to be smart. You had to, so really the, the my experience with it was with the Taliban integrating, you couldn't set any habits. You had to think of new things. So every time we went on patrol, we had to think of new ways to walk, new ways to sit, new ways to court, new ways to this, new ways to that. But then you had to teach the Afghan National Army of what you were really doing so that they still caught on to what you're doing because they had to learn. So mm -hmm. it was pretty difficult, actually. Um, with the locals, it just depended. Some of them were pro-Taliban. Some of them believed what they were doing. They believed in all that. Some of them were very against that. But at the same time, the Soviets were there in the 80s, were there now. They didn't really care. They just kind of, some of them cared, some of them didn't. Some of them really just didn't care. Some of them really said, hey, we really appreciate you here, but the Taliban threatened that if we exchange information with, they're going to kill us. Yeah. So we need you out of our house. So it was really tough um, to deal with the locals because we did, I feel we did a lot of great. Like, obviously, I checked in actually the other day. Um, the government's still there. You know, the army's still rolling pretty high. They're doing peace talks with the Taliban right now. So obviously, it worked what we did. But the, dealing with the locals, it was really tough because it was very poor. They didn't have TVs or something. They had no idea what was going on. They just cared about feeding their families. It was a very poor country. Do so they, how, yeah. Any electricity or anything? Most of them, no. no. Some did. Some did. Most didn't. Mud huts. If you look at pictures of Afghanistan, there's mud huts and there's like uh, blankets for doors and stuff. So they just were trying to get their crops ready to feed their family or to sell to make money. So it's essentially yeah. just like obviously different environment, but it seems like almost like Canadians, like most people, obviously different lifestyle for sure. <laughs> but same yeah. thing, the average Canadian, they're, yeah. they're worried about feeding their family, making sure that they have like different electricity, how bills are paid. Yeah. So I imagine it's like, links. at least like, I think that was like at least one similarity I can see is it's probably the same people where they probably don't give a shit about all these things. They just want to provide for their family yep. and live a That's peaceful all life. About. So yeah. we're talking about, because we were there for one of the elections. Well, I don't give a shit. Just like kind of no offense. But most of us have to be talked and go to election to vote. Yeah. They really didn't care. They had no idea. How, they didn't even understand what that meant. Because in the 80s, the Soviets were there talking about communism, socialism, about workers, and this and that. And then where they're talking about democracy. And they're just like, dude. But they also kept looking at us and they told us the truth. You guys won't be here one day. The Taliban will. Mm -hmm. 
and the Afghan National Army were. So that's why I was glad to be with the Afghan National Army so they could see them, get to know them because if they just met us, that's a very true aspect. But yeah, they didn't really care, man. Like some guys did, some people did. And here's the real truth, and this is me just being honest. Some of them were Taliban pretending to be civilians still. And they'd pretend everything was in trial, you know, this is so bad, this and that, this and that. And they were just doing it to get information on us. It was really tough because you had to pretend everyone was civilian, but you also had to pretend everyone was Taliban, which means you had to keep on your guards. Maybe they're going to blow you up. Maybe they're going to kill you while you're in there. So when they give you food, sometimes they give you nan bread. And you're like, I could die right here. <laughs> like yeah. They could be poisoning me right now. Like, or they can be, we can be sitting there having a conversation. They'll send the pulpy AKs and kill us, right? Like it's, it's a very weird world over there. You know, it's a very weird world. Um, and just what we, they, they're going without, like, you know, I'll share this with you with the civilians, like a lot of disease over there. You look at some of the kids, man, six, seven, eight years old, and they had these diseases that their hair's falling out. Like they had like these scaly, I don't, I don't even know what diseases they had, man, but like, and they, most kids didn't even make it to 13 years old from disease or Jeez. war. And you're just looking at these kids, like, and you just feel bad for them, hmm. you know? I think that's another thing I heard as well is a lot of the, I guess the bombings that the Taliban did. Mm. Um, so I like that. Um, I think we had about yeah. 40-ish thousand overall troops that went over. And also we had some soldiers that got killed in combat. But I don't think like, look at the numbers wasn't like half yeah. our army. But from what I've, I guess, again, upon my research, a lot of the bombings actually didn't even, a lot of the bombings hit the civilian population. Of course. Yeah. So, and by the way, we can talk about anything. Yeah. Um, I'm okay talking about anything. Some people ask me questions like, can you talk about that? Like, does that bother you? I can talk about anything. I don't care. Well, you're not in the military right now. So. Yeah, I'm not in the military right now. But also <laughs> just, just emotionally and mentally, some guys, they're just like, they're afraid that I'm going to like. Yeah, I guess it's something. a good point because you mentioned that you're yeah. essentially, essentially you were, you're trying to be nice, but yeah. had your guard up at all at the same time. And imagine yeah. um, mentally, probably again, when you're there, yeah. probably didn't click in because again, you're, this environment but imagine like how is that i guess yeah. affect you mentally where you're always on did it carry on onwards when you came back from Afghanistan, where you're kind of guarded yeah. and so you know i can actually talk about that i'll talk about starting before middle and after if that's okay yeah. because i really feel that that's like anything in life if you're going to do anything that's quote unquote really difficult growing a business like if you're going to go through the times of growing a business if you're i know people say well, it's not the same well it's kind of the same mentality if you're going to do something you're not used to or something really hard there's a before during and after feeling of it of exposure mm -hmm. right um well first off I'll, I'll i'll just i'll just the first point you said about the taliban and what they did and this is just me being honest what i'm saying they ran it really tough in that country they were insane rule like dictators man like they would chop off hands if you're stealing they would starve their own people you can google this there's people running to other countries for food because they were being starved they didn't believe that women should learn so they burnt down schools if they found women were in there and stuff like that like they were pretty hardcore guys mm -hmm. man and i'm not sitting here trying to make the taliban look bad i'm just being honest that's just that's just the way they operated that's the way they thought they were very extremist type of thinking um you know and the the locals sometimes just didn't even know any better from my perception of mentality on that, that was hard to see. They didn't know any better. They didn't, they thought that's the way life should have been. And we come from a world where we can do anything we want. Male, female, we're in such a lucky age today, whereas even in the States and in Canada, it wasn't like that at one point no. in time, right? The rights and of women and black and whatever color skin racism was a big thing still is today, but it's not as bad. But like we have a lot more, you know, rights to, to more people. More opportunity. Freedom of speech, oh. free, exactly, more opportunity. It wasn't like that over there. And so, it was just really hard to see that. I'll be honest from that last point about that was 
Um, like I said, these kids and the people, like they just wanted to live their life and they felt they couldn't. And that was hard. It was really hard to see. And that really hurt me, um, especially seeing these kids that were just, I don't know, man, it was just hard to see. Um, with the Taliban, with people getting blown up. The Taliban didn't really want to target their own people. Sometimes they did, um, but they didn't really want to. But at the same time, yeah, that did happen. And, you know, I just, I don't agree with that, but that's war. Mm-hmm. You know, people get killed, people get hurt. That shouldn't, um, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with it. It's just not, it's not right. But um, now the mentality of it, how do I deal with that? The before, um, it really is like anything else. It depends on how well you prep. Mm-hmm. When I knew I was going to Afghanistan, I took that very seriously. Um, there's a reason I'm telling you this because some soldiers didn't. Some guys just kind of drank and they, there was workup training provided from the military. But on your off time and how well seriously you took that, I really believe that's how your life was over there, right? And how you mentally took it. My prep was freaking insane. Here's I'm going to get real with you. You know, I spent a lot of time getting ready for the war. I was researching everything about the Taliban. I researched everything about IEDs. I researched everything about their guns, their weapon ranges, the damage ranges. I learned about their tactics. I learned about how they beat the Soviets in the 80s. The other half, I mean, I learned about everything about them. I learned about my own mentality. Um, this is going to get really real for a second. There was even a part of time when I was even learning, well, what if I got shot and couldn't use my weapon? So I would research the feeling of getting shot in the arm, the burning feeling, so I could use my left hand. I'd even go to the range and practice with my left hand because I had a fear that I would not be able to do my job. So I got ready for the job. Like I got ready. Um, I, I learned broken Dari and Pashtu, which is the languages over there. You know, so I took my work up pretty seriously for those six months. Um, so I was very focused. I got really fit. You know, I, my schedule was very, very structured, you know, and I was dating a girl at the time and I'm so thankful she was understanding of that. Cause I'll be honest, it was pretty tough on our relationship, but like just my mentality, getting ready to go to war. Like I honestly, now that I think back on it, I didn't even think of it till right the second. I don't even know how she'd stayed with me because I probably wasn't pleasant to deal with. And I was getting ready to go to a fight for seven months. And I don't know how I was able to keep that relationship going. Honestly, I got on her. I think military spouses are some of the Mm -hmm. mentally tough people you have to be again, because my friend's father, like he was a coach for hockey, but then it was like, Mm -hmm. halfway through a season, he's gone. Like, yeah, we'll go on deployment. And then she has two kids. And yeah. And then, yeah, it's just, like such a and you do you need the, i yeah. guess first of all the, again like you said the right type of person yeah. and 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 how i guess for you because you're kind of younger mid-20s yeah and it's like such an important development of time for anyone yeah um That's for a lot. establishing who you are so do you think you know doing um like being in the military and doing that has effect like effect, like changed who you could have been or or do you 100%, feel like some hundred percent dude like especially going to afghanistan right because like I took myself to a hole, as you can tell my prep. I'm sorry if that freaked people out, but I got ready for a job. Like I had to get ready for it. I had to get confidence in my own skills. So I practiced my navigating, my shooting. Like I dialed right in. Um, so yeah, and I'll, I'll do the middle and after and I'll answer that question because that's it's, it ties into that. Mm-hmm. When I was there, everyone always says, well, how hard was it? Well, it was hard because there was some pretty, and I can get into some stories if you want to what I was exposed to. There was some pretty fucked up shit that happened over there that I couldn't make sense of. So sometimes dealing with the locals, sometimes what happened in war, sometimes what happened in well, I know the heat is fucking unfair. the heat on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was on a winter tour, so I wasn't as exposed to it as yeah. during the big. Did you were you doing so I know um my a guy in my class, he said um they had to do like a remembrance day ceremony. We did, yeah, said, I was there for it. And did you have to were you like did it because I know a lot of people pass out because it'd be in your full fatigue in the sun. Was it different from when you did it? 
Was it like different? A little bit. You know, I got, I was, I was there for two months already. So I was kind of climatized. Okay. And when you're walking around with gear on you all the time, it was actually a liberty mm-hmm. to just wear the uniform. Cause when you're carrying gear on you and it's, yeah. So some I people. heard it was like around a hundred pounds with your weapon and your rucksack. Yeah. Listen, like we, okay. So here's like, we had a regiment where we went, we went light. All what right. I mean by that is, yeah, our first patrol ever. I'll never forget it, man. We, you got to understand the mentality of this. When you cross that wire, it's real. Like, okay, I'm on a two-way range right now. I could die right now. I can get shot. I can come under contact right now. My guys can get shot right now. When you're thinking of that before you go with the wire, yeah, I think I had 200 pounds a year. I think I had four Camelbacks of water. Like, I was just too prepped, man. So when we got back to base, we're like, yeah, we're not doing that ever again. Like, that was so, we came under contact, but like fire, like we would have been screwed. We were so bogged down. By about the middle of the tour, we're carrying like one ration, like one meal, our, our ammo, obviously, a granola bar, a notepad, and our medical gear, and a camelback of water. That's it, man. We just resupply if we had to or deal with it. Like, you need to be light, especially with that heat on you. Because you, you got to think if you get into trouble. You need the energy. You need the vent. You need to think. And if you have all this gear on you, you don't want to like, oh, it's just annoying. But some guys ran like that. Mm-hmm. Like the battle groups did. I'm like, you guys are fucking crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys are fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Like, we're like, no, we're going light. You know, we're going light. Maybe we shouldn't, but I'm just being mm-hmm. honest. We wanted to be agile. We wanted to be ready to fight. We wanted to be able to do our job. Yeah. So with Remembrance Day, we did do a ceremony. I was there for it. Um, we did a like a half hour ceremony, went back to work thing. But yeah, we put our combats on again, our normal uniform. We haven't worn it for two months. And yeah, it was it was there. Yeah. And what were some of like you mentioned there were some things you you saw that you couldn't make sense of at the time. And- yeah. So like during like that's it's one thing to prep for something. It's another thing to be exposed to it. Now, the best way to explain what's about to happen is you got to remember everyone's different. So when I say how I was affected is different how everyone's affected. Mm-hmm. And yes, prepping does deal with that. But I'll be honest, it's kind of like the medical field. Like when you're going to go do fire, some guys can't handle puking. Some guys can't handle blood. Some guys can't handle gore. Some guys can't handle needles. Everyone's different. You just got to know your what's you. And I'll be honest, the only way to find that out is for the bullets start firing or someone or the bombs to go off. So I was exposed to combat over there. Um, but it didn't happen right away. You know, I was on edge for about two weeks. Every time we went out where I was just heightened senses, like I could have had an hour of sleep and I was on, like I had five pots, five pots of coffee. Like I was ready, mm-hmm. adrenaline, everything. But just like anything else, started to kind of fall into a routine. So there was one story where it was about October. I was there for about a month and a half already. We get a call out. Um, this is one of those examples. We get a call out um, that there's a mortar a mortar round, if you don't know what it is, it's like, it's just something that comes out of a tube and it blows up when it hits. It's an indirect fire thing. It's like a, almost like, a, I guess people are thinking, is it like a mini ar- artillery? Kind of, yeah. kind of that way. I'm just trying to keep it simple. Yeah, for sure. I know some, so some army nuts out here. Oh, I, guys, I'm just, I'm talking to the yeah. viewers. I'm talking to, right. To keep it here. simple. I, I'm just trying to keep it simple. Right? <laughs> but anyway, there's a mortar round in the ground. It could affect the locals or someone could pick up the blow up or maybe the Taliban are using it to blow us up, whatever. So, the combat engineers, if you don't know what they do, they basically, during that time, they would go out. One of their jobs was go out and sniff for explosives. And then they would either bip it, blow it in place, it stands for, or they would dispose of it. Or they would put C4 down. They were awesome to have around, by the way. Um, so our job with the Afghan National Army was to cordon. Cordon meaning put a circle around it so that if we ever came in contact under fire or um, or something would happen, we just had a cordon off, right? Just we're taught in, that's our basic teaching. I'm just trying to keep it simple. But anyway, we're on the cordon, we're on the outside. So anyway, we get around there, the combat engineers go in there and they find the mortar. There is a mortar there. It's right next to a giant dirt hill about six feet high. 
So they go in there and basically what they do is they wrap our string around it and they go around a corner and they pull it to see if it's going to blow up because they want to you know, take care of themselves. They want to just grab it and blow up. Mm-hmm. So they pull it. Nothing happened. So nothing happened. They let us know on the, on the radio. Okay, we're going to go bip it. Bip it means BIP, blow in place. So what that means, they're going to put a C4 on it and blow it up so kids don't take it. Well, about five seconds later, we heard a boom. And we're like, man, that's really soon. And I'm telling you right now, it was the most... The next sound out of that guy's mouth, you couldn't mimic in a mouth. And it was, what happened was he stepped on a landmine. The Taliban placed a landmine next to that mortar. They put the mortar there as a deception because they watched our patterns. And they put a landmine next to that so that when they stepped on it, boom. And hopefully it would have got the mortar too. Um, it didn't luckily. But anyway, so this guy screaming we knew was something wrong. So we start panicking. Um, because it's the first exposure to what really happened over there. We kept our discipline, kept the cord in place, but essentially they needed our help. So there were still guys in the cord. And so they asked me to go help. Um, when that happens, the drill is that you have to prod your way to this guy because there could be other mines. So when I looked at him, I was about 50, you know, about 25, 50 feet away. What happened was he blew his whole, he lost his whole right foot and about 70% of his other one was blown off. And he put on one of his tourniquets on his right foot. And this guy, you could just see in his face, like he was in trouble, right? So we're prodding our way to him. We finally get to him. The medic puts morphine in him. And I was actually one of the guys that stretched him out to the vehicle came. We cordoned it off. You know, um, we put him into the back of the vehicle. He goes off. I never saw him again. Turned out we saved his life, which is nice. But I, never, I don't know what happened to him. I hope he's okay. When we got back to base, that's when it was real. You know, that's when it got real. The four of us, we usually get back and talk. We were debrief. We didn't say a word. The guy in charge, I had a good team with me. Um, the officer just looked at us and said, hey, guys, let's take the night. Do whatever you got to do. We'll talk tomorrow. And it was a different night that night, man. Um, it got real. But what didn't make sense was where I'm going with the story was about a week later, they bulldozed that dirt pile I just mentioned and was full of nuts and bolts. Essentially, what should have happened was that landmine was like a detonator. So it was supposed to shut off that mortar. And then there was a wire going to those nuts and bolts. It was a shrapnel bomb. It was supposed to kill all of us. The only reason it didn't go off, there was a bend in the wire and it broke when the, when the, when the engineer stepped on that. He broke the wire. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here today. Whoa. It's the only reason I have survived was because he stepped on it. So I didn't go on patrol for a week. We were doing teachings and stuff like this in classes. And then about two days after I found that out, I go back out on patrol. And now I'm thinking about what just happened. I'm looking at the ground at my own feet and I have five more months over there. And I just didn't understand. We patrolled over there many times. And none of us got blown up. None of us stepped on anything. And it just makes you think like how that shit happens. Like how come he blown up and I didn't? Not that I want to get blown up, but it's yeah. just how does, how does that even work? You know, how come luckily he didn't die, but you know, I don't know, man. That's a weird situation. And then I'll be honest, the next patrol, I was scared shitless. I'm not gonna tell I'm not gonna sound tough. I was scared. I was my legs were wobbly. Um, here's where I'm going to be a man and just own up. I actually, after 10 steps, sat down and took a break and I had to compose myself because I was so scared to get blown up. Thank God I had such a good team. My warrant had to, a tour before me. He was a sniper. Um, before that came and talked to me and he said, I understand this. If you need to go back to the vehicle, we'll take a break. Um, but he kind of talked, this is going to sound harsh, but he said, Hey man, if, if, if you, we aren't going to do this, who is like, they need our help. And I understand if you need time, but if you need to go sit in the vehicle for this one, let me know that just let me know. And I didn't because what he said kind of rang to me of, okay, this is what I signed up for. This is life. It sucks what happened, but I got to get my shit together. And so, um, but what didn't make sense was like, we patrolled so many times over there before. Maybe they just planted it. Maybe not, but it's just, there's lots of scenarios. 
had a buddy blown up. He was 18th order in March. Order in March was there in single file. He was 18th. 17 people walked over the bomb. He got blown up and killed. How come those other 17 didn't? It just shit doesn't make sense sometimes, man. And some people call that an act of God. Some people call it fate. Some people call it luck. Some people call it the way it is. Um, so that was just something I didn't make sense of. Because same with the locals. Sometimes you find out they got killed for helping us and stuff, which is unfortunate. And it's like where they talk to us and next thing you know, their bodies are out. And it's just, there's things that just didn't make sense. And when you're in Canada, you're not exposed to that no. as much. Hopefully you're not in your life. I mean, as a nurse and as a doctor, you are you're exposed to that kind of trauma, but there's people trying to kill you. And it's just, you got to be strong enough and trust your team and trust your gear and trust yourself that you're going to make it. And your training pays off and you're the guy, you know? So that's the kind of stuff that didn't make sense. It was just a lot of that. I could tell you more stories, but it was a lot of that where on tour, you said five more months ago, and I'll tell you right now, I wanted to quit. I'm not going to sound tough. I wanted to quit. I didn't want to go back on patrol. I just wanted to chill out. And, but that's, that's, people needed us. Mm -hmm. The Afghans needed us. Um, the Afghan National Army needed us. And they, I had to lead by example. And they saw fear in my face sometimes, and, but we were there for each other. We were human with each other. And that was really nice because I didn't have to act tough around them. They knew if I was scared, they, I knew if they weren't doing well. And we did buddy system. We did a buddy check on each other. Yeah. Sorry, I talked a little bit there. I just wanted no. to answer that. was just, there was a lot of things you had to make sense of, of how did that happen? And sometimes you just can't, you just got to write it off. It's just fucking war, man. And just count your lucky blessings. It wasn't you. And I'm fortunate for that person and just be supportive. Yeah. It's, it's hard to even just sit here and listen to it. Cause again, you're, we're not exposed no. to any of that. No. Thankfully, you know, cause again, basically like say like Israel, everyone has to be trained because yeah. they're always in the state of war based on where they're geographically yeah. located. And I think, you know, I think there always people say there's always like there's always a reason for things happening. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but I believe almost life is like a a lottery. Yeah, that um, one day your numbers get called. It's not a matter mm -hmm. of if, but it's when. And it's kind of a, I guess a grim way of looking at things, but like especially with COVID, like no one knew who was going to get sick and pass away. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the most healthy people, all of a sudden now they have some disease, yeah. and just, and they they pass away or. Or like, for example, my librarian, yeah. I think her husband's 60, 60 maybe yeah. 70. So not that old, but all of a sudden got Alzheimer's. And now mm -hmm. he basically, he's in a hospital bed, doesn't know who she is. And yeah, I'm like, it's just the lottery. So one day your number's going to call. And, you know, I'm going to say something. Right yeah. Now because, you know, we'll get into more on how I became a civilian, how it is later if you want. But it's just like coming home from Afghanistan. What you just said is is why I applied myself properly as a civilian. It really changed my life because I made it. I was in over like 12, 15 firefights. I was exposed to three or four different IEDs, explosive. That was one of them. You know, I made it. Some guys didn't. There was 12 people killed, Canadians on my tour. Just Canadians. When I went, when I got to Cyprus, Cyprus is five days of decompression. You go to Cyprus for five days and you come back home. They got to teach you to be a normal person again. <laughs> if you can understand well, that. My, well, yeah, my, my, again, I always reference my, my friend's father because yeah, he did course, tons yeah. of tours. And I'm pretty yeah. sure, I don't know details. Again, I never ask. I'm not going to, especially mm. when your job is military. I think the last thing. <laughs> you can thing, ask. I got no problem. Because um, I'm pretty sure he was in a firefight. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, I know so one time, from, I think a story I vividly remember is he was doing yeah. some instructions an RPG came, yeah. hit behind him. He went flying. His chin shot fuck broke. Yeah, and I'm thankfully still alive because he's like one of the one of the figures in my life who I look up to. And mm -hmm. I remember my 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 friend telling me like sometimes when his dad came home, he'd be driving in like on the base, just 
just giving her like going 60 80 and hit, yeah. and again it's probably that that feeling of war that yeah. you're on yeah you you're, oh, man. gotta get where to where you're going it's gonna be a juicy conversation about <laughs> to have, man yeah so i love what you're talking about because this is like what i'm also going to do when we get to that topic is because i'd love to get into that too I'm going to relate it to civilian life. When I say civilian, by the way, we can call it normal people. I'm yeah. just separating the two. So I hope people don't take offense to what I'm saying. I'm just separating the two mindsets, but I'm also going to compare of how we are human. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to get out of this is like, people look at people who are in Afghanistan. Like when I got home, they thought I was a fucking freak. I hated telling people I was in Afghanistan because it was just, it was a nightmare. In 2010, when I got home, like the first four months I was home, People are like, oh, you're in Afghanistan. Yeah, what'd you do? I was, were you, and they ask, were you in a combat operation? I would say yes, and the look in their eyes. Because essentially how they would look at you is either A, respect, or B, you're basically a walking murder. Mm. That's how they looked at you. And would you think it's because of the, again, the influence from the Iraqi war, like eh. the exposure from what we saw? Because again, um, going back to what yeah. I've, from what I've seen, the, the image of Americans in Iraq was kicking down doors and being more of the aggressor, where I'm not saying Canada wasn't aggressive, because again, as you mentioned, we kind of had to be bit more stern but from yeah again we are more of going to people's homes trying to help them out more so and again since america mm. is more it's more exposed more covered than yeah uh, so imagine that people kind of like you're just there kicking down doors and killing somebody that's a prime i imagine maybe yeah. that's something to do with it it does you know the real answer is it depends on their belief system how they're raised i'm just going to be honest with yeah. you that's just really what it is it's like if someone you're in a bar you're sitting next to someone it's like hey wh- you know what do you do i'm in business i have a lot of money they're either going to think, oh, teach me how to do that, or you're greedy. Yeah. Do you understand like that's, or you're a scumbag or you're greedy. Yeah. That's, it's one of the two, right? It's it's just perception, honestly, mm-hmm. man. And by the way, I'm just going to say this, like me anyway, I can say for me, if people are anti-war, anti-soldier, dude, I was in war. I totally agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it. I can get it, man. Like I respect everyone's opinion and belief. I, I know that sounds like I'm on a fence. I actually do. Because everyone has a perception yeah. on how they believe on yeah. something, and I accept and it. Is, and I guess it doesn't matter. Is that again? Because I guess there's always um, there's the, there are always debates on national anthems, and I'm sure you um, okay, it's making sure it's recording still. Um, are we on a time limit, by the way? Because I'm just no, no, cool, I'm just no, I'm just making sure if it's still recording. Okay, either either way, it's still be good call. This is um, good, man. We're about to get some juicy stuff. Uh, this, that's what I want to get into. And by the way, if you have to go to the bathroom, more welcome. I don't pause or shut it off. So Can I just pee my pee right here. On the yeah, seat? that's hundred percent. Cool. Okay. Um, Where's hardcore? Oh, I forgot what I was going with it. Oh, you're point. saying national anthem. National anthem, yeah. yeah. Like, for example, you probably heard of Colin Kaepernick. Of um, now turn anthem, and there's obviously both sides. Media, yeah. media, media does a great job of polarizing both sides. Again, I think you agree with me. If you talk to the average person on the street, similar, mm-hmm. you know, you typically have similar beliefs, similar values. Nothing really polarizing like the media totally. portrays it. But totally. again, people are saying disrespecting the flag. This and that, but then I think there are other soldiers. Again, it's both sides. And again, people have different beliefs. But I think there was a soldier um, who recommended that because, like, one, that's like the most least respectful thing you can do our our flag in our mm-hmm. country. He's like, second, that's the reason why we went over and did all these wars so people like you could express yourself the way you want to yeah. in a free society. So I guess, I guess, what's I guess um, we're gonna like, what's your take on that? Because you you, you, yeah. you you did serve, now you are a civilian. Yeah. They do believe that people just have the right to live in a country like Canada the way they choose to, as long as they're not infringing on other people's values and lives. Yeah, you know, okay, so this is me speaking from me. Of course, mm-hmm. I just want to just close this before I open my mouth because there's going to be people that agree with me, there's going to be people that disagree with me. So I just want to say this is just my point of view. This is how I feel. This is what I think. Um, 
you know, obviously from my conversation, the way I talk, I'm a pretty hardcore guy, but at the same time, I'm a very understanding person. Obviously, I have my own views. I have my own perceptions. I have my own beliefs. But you know something, man? When it, okay, with the, with the whole national anthem thing, I understand both sides. But you want to know, like, okay, the reason I look at both sides is because I always look at why is someone doing something. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Because you want to know why that's important for two reasons. One, you deal with people in life. There's 7 billion people on this planet. They're all going to think like you. They just aren't. Mm-hmm. I think the number one problem we have as people is we're just not open-minded or even just understanding. We still don't have to agree with them. You understand? Like, I just think a lot of people just don't, well, they, they have the right to not agree with what he did, but not to understand that person is like, I mean, let's look at someone else's life. What if they were exposed to, as a child, abuse, drugs, gangs, um, they, which, they witnessed something bad with cops or they witnessed something bad with their family, which witnessed substance abuses in their family. So as they get older, they take a stance against substance abuses. So what the, so why would, so if someone's going to disagree with that, that's fine. But there's a reason why that person thinks like that. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason why it's like why people were pro Taliban or not compared to my conversation before. why I volunteered to go put myself on a two way range. Okay. Like we all have beliefs and I, me personally answer your questions. I kind of like that stuff. I like the people I think, cause honestly, I think everyone should express who they are. We have freedom of speech and freedom to do whatever we want in these countries. Do it. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. The reason why I think that's important is if you want to start a business, half the people are going to agree with you, half aren't. If you want to go back to school, half the people are going to agree with you, half won't. If you're going to get rid of that relationship in your life, half the people are going to agree with you, half they won't. But guess what? You got to believe and stand up for what you believe. Mm-hmm. And the right enough people will be there. So my view on it, as a soldier, it's our national anthem. As a person, person feeling for someone that probably struggled with these things and he's taken a stand because it was his way of expressing himself, good for him. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yeah. Plus, he also got known. I'm just going to say on a marketing point of view, you got known as a quarterback now, didn't you? Right? I mean, good for yeah. him. But um, <clears throat> so that's my view on is as a soldier. I mean, come on, it's our national anthem. That is disrespectful. But at the same time, maybe he did try other ways and he was getting ignored. And that was his way of saying, fuck you guys. This is my way of showing it. Like, yeah. how do we know? Yeah. What's what, the real story? And what's, right? the, and what's the right way? How do you be, how do you get your point across? So being just so many things to consider. And again, it's mm-hmm. uh Better than burning a flag, for example, like just taking a knee. Yeah, that's pushing it. See, that's that's where I would be. That's where it's towing the line. See, in my mind, and everyone's different, there is a line Mm -hmm. where maybe you were the victim, but there is a line you become the bad guy. Yeah. This is true in people who, well, my dad was an alcoholic. You don't understand my childhood. You don't understand what I went through. Okay, but there's a time when you are making decisions, though. There's a time when you're healing and getting over something and time to make the decisions. I'm just using that example. Yeah. So it's... um. That's just my view on it. It's like, I try my best as a person today to understand first where someone's coming from. Um, But I think there is a line because everyone in their life, especially as we get older, there is a time when you were trying to get a point across or trying to get something done and you couldn't. And it was very important to you. Question is, what do you do? And what's the right answer? That's a tough part. Like as we get older, it's not so black and white anymore, is it? No. There's no size. There's no Batman and Joker. You know, it's gray. It's very fucking gray. And um you know, just establish who you are and be yourself and, you know, believe in what you believe and don't settle for anything. I know that sounds like a catchphrase, but really that's what I believe. It's just if Colin, if that's what Colin had to do, good for him. Mm. Did he burn a flag? No. Was he disrespectful? Probably. But, you know, did he try other methods? So what's the other way? Let, let him get bullied around on his point of views and let him struggle mentally and go get mental health problems. Like, what's the other way? Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying that was going to happen, but I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. And I'm not trying to trigger anyone. 
I've had times in my life, probably like you too, Peter, where you've been trying to get a point across or you were bullied out of a way or you're pushed out of a way and you were kind of like, okay, fuck this guy. And you probably thought some bad thoughts and probably mm-hmm. thought some bad actions. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. So what's the high road to get a result? Well, that takes a pretty developed person, I think. Yeah. I think. 100%. I don't. That's what I think. That's my view on it. I mean, I don't know. I've made mistakes in my life, but I just try to do the best I can. I think Colin's just trying to do the same thing. But that's my view on it. Yeah. I think you're right again. Yeah. Uh, I always, I think I said, um, I think it's more so, I think, I'm not sure if I said this thing when I just thought it. Yeah. Um, and I was saying more about like during like during police protests. Yeah. And there's some people who, well, again, especially on social media, you see two sides and we see people agreeing that much. Yeah. And I always say that we're so often, yeah. um, we always think of, and like you mentioned, we always, we never ask why someone does things. We always either we blame, we shame, we yeah. take them off social media, we don't talk to them. But we always are so easy. Um, we always only speak from, we can only speak from our experience. Mm-hmm. You know, so I grew I, I was fortunate. I grew up in a home with two parents who both had full-time jobs, mm-hmm. who were very money smart, didn't buy a new house. And so I was fortunate. I had a lot of opportunities that majority of people do not. Yeah. But doesn't and and I had my experience, but doesn't mean that someone who grew up in an impoverished neighborhood didn't have different experiences. So they mm-hmm. can't deny mine. We're like, I can't deny theirs. And again, like you said, we kind of have to come to an understanding Absolutely. of each other's viewpoints and why we do things. And I always say this, even in a court of law, when someone's being charged for for say murder who might yeah. be in jail for life, still has a chance to have a, a closing statement. Yep. Maybe saying why they did it or defending himself. So we yeah. have to give people the opportunity. And it gets messy because maybe they didn't. Yeah. Or it's like, okay, so here's where I'll go with this. It's like, okay, I'll use murder. So let's say someone committed a murder. Why did they do that? I committed a murder because I'm sick. I committed a murder because I'm going through a tough time. I committed a murder because the guy um, cheated on my wife. Mm-hmm. Cheated on my, slept with my wife. You know, I, I did it because this person bullied me and bankrupted me. I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. Why is it? Because in anything, no matter how extreme, no matter how small, there is a mistake and a pattern. Mm-hmm. I believe just from dealing with people through the military life, business life, whatever, mistakes are mistakes. But pattern's a pattern. I think that's where it starts to flip, in my opinion. Because I'm not saying what they're doing is right and wrong, but it's like, why are you still doing that? So if they murdered one person, let's say it's like, why did you do that? Because what they're viewing is, why did you make the decision? Are you going to do it again? What's the chance of you doing it again? That's kind of what they're evaluating, mm-hmm. right? Just being honest. And it's not that you should be emotional with this. It's just why did they do it? Because you want to know something? We're all human. We make mistakes. Yeah. And what happens when we get have to be accountable for that one day? Mm-hmm. And I think that's honestly why what leads from not us wanting to be heard leads us to the way we are as we get older, why we get more anxious, why we get more insecure, why we're not why we're afraid to talk to people and be honest. It's because we're afraid of getting judged or not being understood, which still happens. But that's why I'm, by the way, that's why I try my best to understand someone is because I want them to be honest with me. I don't want them to lie. I don't want them to feel they can hide because that's the next leading thought process, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That if I can't be honest with people, well, then, you know, I can't be. And I just, I just, that's what I believe. I think that, you know, everyone deserves a chance to be heard. But there are some people that, let's just say, are, are making bad decisions. 100%. They just is. There is a line, I think, and everyone can argue this all day. And we're not going to say, but it's just, you just need to take care of yourself. You mm-hmm. need to take care of you and the guys around you, your, your associations, your spouse, your, your loved ones, your family, your friends. Um, and you're going to make mistakes. By the time we're 30, guess what? We've all had a traumatic experience. We'll, we've all had a heart, heartbroken. We've all had something that didn't make sense. Our belief system got shook at least once. 
So I agree with you. It doesn't matter how you start. I think there's a point. This is why I love getting older. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm just going to sound sadistic, but it, it, it kind of equals out a little bit, I think. I really think it does. Yeah. And there's no right and wrong, by the way. I, I have done things I should not have been doing. <laughs> <laughs> I have spent time in some stupid fucking areas, but I learned because I got my shit together. I'm like, no, it's not going to help me get where I want to go. Do you understand? So yeah. I think that's just more important. The two is just, it ties into all of that. It's just the understanding that people are different. They make decisions that are different from yours. And if you don't like it, you don't have to be around that person. Mm -hmm. Why spend so much time and energy hitting on that? That's the next question. Yeah. Like, dude, how, how, how do you have time to do that? <laughs> I know it's like, really some, right? no offense to anybody. Well, some just, people, yeah, they live on social media and they're yeah, the, the trolls, and they they feel good about themselves that they have a victory. They prove yeah. someone wrong or shame someone. Yeah, and I think people. I think there's a lot of amazing people who have good reasons for. Well, maybe have good reasons when they start out, but again, yeah. over time, maybe because of experience, because it's the only way they believe it will work. Whatever the case yeah. is, maybe they go on about, about the wrong way of doing things, and yeah. And which can sometimes get whatever point or protest they're trying to get across mm -hmm. can get misconstrued into well, these people are trying to just cause violence or do whatever. Yeah. So, but um, you mentioned that yeah. you're here for about four months um, and people are kind of like you, you were hesitant because, again, you mentioned some people support our troops yeah. and other people, um, yeah. again, as Canada, we're pretty... Um, it's pretty liberal and we're, mm -hmm. we're like more like hey why don't we just hug each other and all that like and as you mentioned other people are just like you're just a killer other people are like hey you're doing your duty you're yeah. still our country how was it um besides that how was it kind of adjusting from you know being on guard all the time where you had certain people you trusted but other people whom you didn't know mm -hmm. weren't accustomed to you had to keep your distance be kind of cautious yeah. how is that coming back and transitioning and kind of getting back into yeah. like um it was in uh it was insanely hard for me the scariest time of my whole tour tour being in afghanistan the seven months was coming home and the reason it was so terrifying i was in afghanistan for seven months the only thing i was doing was either beating the enemy how to be on my guard teaching them i completely forgot the guy I was my left i had no idea who he was anymore and i had a girlfriend i had family meeting me at the airport so scared to see them because I had no idea who I was anymore. I forgot who Kurt Bogart was. I forgot. I just knew Corporal Bogart. That's all I knew. I knew who that guy was. So when I was on the plane, and I remember being on the plane and we were in Ottawa. We landed in Ottawa first and we went to Edmonton. Well, first of all, sorry. Yeah, were you fine. originally from Edmonton and got played for Edmonton or were you? No, I've been in Edmonton my whole career. That, yeah. So I moved from Regina to here. I got lucky that way. Actually. Yeah. So I came back to Edmonton okay. in 2010. Yeah. No good question. So Ottawa, we stopped there and then it got real for me. It was more scary than going to Afghanistan. I know it sounds crazy, but I didn't prep. I didn't prep to meet my family that way because I was like, oh my God, like, what if I say something stupid? What if, what if I freak out or something? Well, like you said, I, you only had what, like five days to debrief? We have five days for decompression. They teach you how to be a normal person. You drive on the right side of the road and people come near you, don't punch them. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but you got to remember what we did for a living, right? Like it's, it's five days. It's like almost it's like, it's like a diet, like... Packed on some, I packed on some bad weight well, the past couple of weeks, but it's like diet, like well, you can work out for seven months, but then, or yeah. say you have bad decisions for seven months. Not saying that whatever you did was bad, but no, no, saying like you're eating shitty food for seven months and all yeah. of a sudden you have five days to get in shape and then run a marathon. That's, you got it. Right. Yeah. Versus where before you're prepping to go to Afghanistan, like you said, it seems like all the extra time is devoted to prepping your mind. And you, you had a pre, mm -hmm. yeah, date. You, you had a mindset going to, but then coming home, like you mentioned, until probably the last day, yeah, you probably didn't think about going home because you mentioned 
every day. You don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Focus on task at hand. Now all of a sudden you have five days to try to be normal. And then oh, I mean, I mean my yeah. girlfriend who only met me from Remsley from seven, seven months past. That's what I'm saying, right? It's normal even here. Like it's just, I don't remember that guy was. So I was so scared. Um, I was just terrified. Yeah, I was. I was terrified to meet them. I was, um, I, t- I was open about that with them. I said, I'm, cause they saw how anxious I was. They thought it was PTSD because it's just lack of understanding. That's why I'm glad we had that conversation before you asked that question. It's just, I was so misunderstood as a person, but I'm not saying that to be a victim. I'm not saying that to blame people. I totally understand it. But unless they were over there, how are they going to understand that? Yeah. But they didn't know how to feel around me either. Because they're around a guy like the only other, <laughs> who, who else pretty much went, and I'm just going to be completely real in the statement, who else is trained and to do to, I guess, kill people or not, or be killed. And not go to jail for it other than the military who else does that and walks on the planet like that's a pretty scary person to be around at that mm-hmm. time at that time right like i'm good now by the way not to freak <laughs> out like some people are like, oh my God, just but like that's scary mentality to be yeah. around that that's where that misconception and oh, i can't even i'm gonna try and keep that short because like it was hard so basically like i remember being in my vehicle driving the next day like, i couldn't even drive there's people around the car that's not allowed in afghanistan because they could blow up around you and Garbage was near us. Garbage was could have been a bomb. Like I, I had to stop the car and get my girlfriend to drive. You know, on the right side of the road to the center, there was lots more traffic. It, like it was pretty fucked up for about a, brought about a month. Right. But not PTSD. I guess it technically would be. It's like just the adjustment period. Like I just had to get. And here's what made it hard. And people can understand. Like you got to think of like it's like a constant adrenaline rush, and then just nothing. You're not prepping for Afghanistan anymore. No one's trying to kill you. You know, it's it fucks your brain up. I imagine because I know. Yeah. Like my friend said, so one of the biggest yeah. he says, not necessarily that he is, he like wants to go back and do what he did in the military. Yeah. So I have a friend, he's just transitioning to become a paramedic, but he says he really enjoyed and liked the, how regimented it was and structure. Yeah. And yeah. even that probably, cause he probably like every morning, yeah. this, whatever AM you're waking yeah. up, you ration, get your gear on patrol. Yeah. And then now you're waking up. <laughs> no patrol yeah. no enemy out there just you yeah. and your sweetheart and and was and all uh, i guess did your relationship end due to you go like not saying because you went to Afghanistan, because you kind of changed your had a different perspective no or no it actually didn't it did end the next job in a second it, it ended because um it didn't actually she was she when i came home she stayed with me the whole time the last month was rocky when i came home we had a conversation um, I asked for a week to myself to kind of get ready for that conversation. And I'm a talker. You can tell I, talk. I, I don't mind talking, but I needed a week. Cause I, I, when we talked, I, we had a real conversation. Um, I apologized for what I was and maybe what I was about to be like, cause I had to get normal again. Mm-hmm. She was very understanding. She was awesome that way, man. Like I, my hat's off to her. It's even to this day, you know, name's Amanda. And thank you for that. Cause it was, it was hard on me. Um, I always felt like I was under pressure around her to be the good boyfriend again, because I was a great boyfriend before I left, minus me prepping for Afghanistan, which maybe that I wasn't, but very committed boyfriend, you know, didn't cheat on her, very loyal, committed to the relationship, caring about her, loving, paid attention to love languages. I was just scared to be that guy again, you know, and just, um, so I had to take care of myself and I'll just be honest, I didn't for about two years. I was so focused on making everyone else happy. That's what it led to. And that's, I started having problems myself, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, my relationship didn't end into the year after because she realized, because the next year I tried out for special forces um, because that was the next evolution. I realized that I, I'm a soldier. I'm going to be a soldier. 
and I might have to move to Ontario for that. And she just said no. And that's what ended the relationship. It is what it is, but it was hard to do that, but it's okay. You know, but yeah, I, I actually started having a lot of problems. Um, actually, that's funny that you brought up your friend. So everyone, every soldier has their quirk. Mm-hmm. They either deal with it or they don't. I dealt with mine. I did my things and got normal-ish, right? Got normal. Mine was adrenaline, just like your friend. I had a problem with not having the adrenaline rush anymore. Yep. Of not being on edge with the patrols. And so I, I'm going to keep it PG on here, but let's just say <laughs> I did some fucked up things to keep it. I, I watched the movie Crank. If you remember that movie when he drank all the Red Bulls, keep his heart up. Don't yeah. ever do that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that's a fucked up shit. It doesn't get your heart going. I mean, I, I almost ended up in the hospital. I, I like put myself in speeding cars. Like I would like try to pick fights at bars, even though I didn't want to fight. I just wanted the adrenaline of the fight. Like I had a lot of problems and it wasn't that I was, I just really missed the adrenaline and it felt so calm and the calmness fucked my head up. Um, finally I did that for about six months. It was actually right after my relationship ended and I just was a mess. I was a mess. Um, the sergeant got word what we were doing because there was a group of us that had that problem. And he pulled us in the office. You know what? He didn't get mad at us. He just said, you guys are going to stop that and you're going to get help. You guys are going to get normal again and you're going to re-civilize. The war is over and you got to get normal. And I took that seriously. So I went and got therapy. I went and talked to people. I changed all my habits. I quit drinking. I changed. Actually, that's what led me to leave the military. To be honest. Was, and I'll get into that later. But that's one of the reasons I left was because I saw what it was turning me into and there was no more war any- anymore. And I didn't, I didn't know what I'd become. You know, I was so military focused that there was no more war. There's nothing to train for anymore. And I didn't want to be the disaster guy. You know, so I changed all my habits, all my associations. Yeah. Yeah. So mine was adrenaline, man. That was mine. Some guys at sleep. It took me a bit too. My sleep was mine for the longest time. I needed a fan on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm better now, but yeah, because that's when you're vulnerable. So when you're vulnerable over there, they can kill you in your sleep. So for me, I just was so vulnerable to sleep. So, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine just, yeah, yeah it's just, have like no, I don't know if I have anything to compare it to, but I just know that yeah. you're just a, a state of mind where it's kill or be killed. Essentially, again, you mentioned didn't know who the enemy was, and now yeah, come home and you know mentally, you know consciously that hey, these are my friends and family. But subconsciously, you're probably like yeah, there, there's gonna be an enemy that's gonna pop out for you somewhere, and I gotta be ready for it, especially sleep. Yeah, you know, funny enough, I got over that because that's PTSD, right? That's form yeah. PTSD. I actually got over that, and I thank my prep for that because I was one of the luckier guys that the war didn't screw me up. That's where I was. It was coming home that screwed me. The war was actually like because I made my peace with what happened over there. Believe that or not, I don't know, it makes I don't know if that makes me a weird person or not, but I think I just prepped so well for it that that was just part of the job, mm-hmm. kind of like being a nurse or being a doctor. Like it's just part of the job. There's going to be some things that knock you off, but it's part of your job, kind of like being a cop maybe. Or, um, but I think what makes it relatable is even for me, it was that, but maybe for some people, it's a substance they can't kick or a lifestyle or an association or a job that they have to kick or a spouse that's not serving them anymore. There's a point in your life. You got to make a decision. I'll be honest. There's some soldiers that didn't get better. And some of them, you know, I lost buddies to it. I've had people commit suicide. I saw more deaths since Afghanistan was over than in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of buddies actually on my former team. Unfortunately, my officer killed himself in 2014. Whoa. It was hard on me. He was like a dad to me. Um, and I wish he was more open. That led me to be more open about who I am. That's why I'm okay talking about this now because I didn't. Um, because he obviously didn't. And I caused him to get, he didn't deal with things. And I'm not making fun of him smearing him. He just didn't. And I wish he did. I wish he reached out. Um, and today being a normal person, I see that that's very normal, actually, that, you know, our belief isn't what we think it is, or we struggle with something, or we can't do something, or we go back to old habits and it kills us and it makes us depressed or anxious. There's a time you need 
to step up a little bit, you know, or need to have that association in your corner. And I know how hard it is, guys, but I've had to do that in my civilian life too. And it's just, there's only two types of people. There's people that change it and don't. It doesn't have to happen right away, mm-hmm. but like that's what's relatable to it is when you see something that seems impossible, but you just have to do it. Like, you know, you have to do it. So you understand what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. You know, you're, there's a problem. Like when you're drinking too much or you're doing drugs or, you know, you're being a bad husband or boyfriend or father, like your or, or, or wife or you know mother. There's a time you got to maybe change a few things or maybe you have some talk, that toxic person in your life. You got to kick them mm-hmm. and replace it with someone else, you know, and I get it, you know, comfort zones, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I related to is that turns into a comfort zone actually as much. That's why I'm scared to talk about that stuff because when I say that people are like, oh, killing people is a comfort zone. No, that's, it's the mentality of the adrenaline. That's mm-hmm. a comfort zone of getting on edge. Like you said all the time. Well, when you become a normal person, how do you be a normal person? It's tough. Oh, you know? So that's why I um, I went to business, to be honest, because it felt a lot at stake, you know? That's why I love it. It's like, there's a lot at stake, you know? I'm 35. I'm not 21 anymore, man. I don't have the body to be athletic <laughs> anymore. So I had to shake the athlete side a little bit, but that's okay. You know? So I oh. hope that's relatable to normal people. It's just, it's just one of those things that, okay, I know I have a problem. And I knew I had a problem. I'm not going to sit here. And, yeah. I knew I was making mistakes. When I, you know, my buddies and I would go to Calgary. I shouldn't share this, but we would go to Calgary because we knew we, we'd get in trouble with Edmonton. Um, there's a, there was a bar just called Ranchman's down in Calgary. And there was an odd time we'd go down there and, you know, I shouldn't share this, but again, that was 10 years ago. So it's okay, guys. I'm better now, but you know, we get into a rougher area, some, you know, some people. And, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that we we're trying to fight or do something stupid. We just missed the adrenaline. Like we wouldn't tell them after, Hey, we don't have to fight. And they were just so confused. We're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, can you just imagine how screwed up my mindset was though, man? Like it was just, I got better though. I got better and I identified it when the sergeant pulled me in. It was now real. It's like anything else, right? The emotion's now real. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I got to change this. Some of my buddies didn't. They lost their marriage because of it. They lost their kids because of it. They lost money because of it. They went bankrupt because of it. And it's, it's unfortunate. And do you, because uh, again, part of it is mentioned, because you mentioned that, hey, you made a choice. I want to change. I guess how much is, is it, you know, you actually choosing versus, you know, how much maybe this, this PTSD or PTS, I know some people don't believe it's a the disorder. The yeah, maybe it's just, it's just a stress. Um, like how much is it maybe caused by just the after effects of being in? Because again, as biologically, yeah. we do have a fight or fight mode. Yeah. It's still us, but obviously we are not surrounded by dinosaurs. We, like we have very, Fair, very yeah. comfortable lives. But yeah. so it's just, it's very unnatural for us right now to be in a state where it is fight or flight all the time. Where yeah. And some people, as you, so do you think part of it, why maybe people didn't get over is because maybe just the help that was there, or maybe the help they just decided to take wasn't um, the amount they needed or the right amount to help or. Yeah. I mean, the help, this is going to make, this is going to make our government sound terrible. I'm trying to watch my wording. At my time, it wasn't there as much. It was there. Yeah. But it was limited. They refer you to websites a lot more and I'm not knocking. I know people are going to be mad at this, but honestly, that's just. It's just kind of how it was. There was no money, guys. Like we just came out of a war, right? So there's just not enough money at the table to take care of our guys. And that still exists today. Mm-hmm. Actually, a large reason why I got into business to, to get a little more wealthier is to help these guys out and to help families. And But I tie it all together. So I'm going to answer your question this way. I'm going to go a little broader. It's right. okay. A little deeper emotionally, but a little broader in thinking. And what I mean by that is it really, the answer to your question, it comes down to what kind of person you want to be, how much time you think you have left to do it and what you really want. It's like anything. If you grew up poor, but you want to be wealthy, you got to kick the habit of being poor. If you want to be a talker, but you're an introvert, you got to kick the habits of being introvert. Um, 
because I, I really truly believe there's a certain point in time when we all are exposed to post-traumatic stress, something. Mm-hmm. Maybe we had our heart broken. That is a stress. That's a big stress. Maybe if it didn't end very well, maybe you got cheated on it. Fuck that. Fucks people up. Like maybe you had some, maybe you had a family, a death in the family at a young age. Maybe, maybe you grew up an orphan, maybe whatever. There's a lot of things out there, man, that maybe you're exposed to when you're in a young age and you can't make sense of it. And it's causing a lot of problems with you. I think that's, there's a, there's a line, right? And then there's a, there's a decision time. So I think it's a decision, man, because, but they're going to, but here's where the problem comes in. And here's something I got to get real about. Most people that surround those people think they got to help them. That's incorrect. They have to support them. Mm-hmm. You can't force anyone to do anything. I mean, look back to all the people we've tried to help and I'll be there. I'll do this for you. I'll do this for you. What did it really change? Nothing. And I'm not being negative. That person has to change for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, it's, it's, a, it's a mixture of both. It's a mixture of the decision of how to get over something in your life that caused you to go off your track. And it comes down to the guy you or woman you want to be, to what you really want. Like if you want to make money or you want to run a business or be a successful or be happy in your relationship, just be happy altogether. You got to work. You know, if you want to have a successful marriage, you got to work. You want to be a great father, that's commitment. Great mother, that's commitment. So I think it's a combination of both, but especially if you're in a second relationship and your first one was a freaking disaster, well, who hasn't had that experience? Yeah. <laughs> like really, right? Yeah. So, and by the way, everyone else has their own story, but who hasn't had that? Mm-hmm. It's a decision. I think at a certain age, it's a decision at a certain point. It's like, hey, you're kind of choosing to be there. That's, that's my opinion though, because I've been around people who are addicted to drugs. My dad was an alcoholic. You know, I was a drinker at one point. I had my things from Afghanistan. You got to get better. You know, you got to take care of yourself. And, you know, if you want to track those people in life, you got to get better. You want to make money. You got to get better. You know, you want to be happy. You got to work on yourself. That's just kind of how it is though, isn't it? Like that's me being real. Yeah. So I think it's both, man. I really think it's both. Yeah. And I know it's, I know it's hard. Yo. I know that. It's probably one of the hardest things to do. I'm just going to say that. So don't think that I'm sitting here preaching. I've <laughs> a lot of tears out of these eyes, man. A lot of sleepless nights. I think, well, I guess it's compared to what, but like life, I guess in general is kind of difficult, you know, as soon as you're, you, you had to figure out so many things, yeah. especially now where the technological age we're in, everything's moving so fast. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's difficult to figure out who someone is and what you want to do yeah. without war and being in war, being exposed to that. And again, you know, I, I can't speak, um, you know, because I don't have too much knowledge or experience, you know, in regards to PTSD or PTS or yeah. whatever someone wants to call it. But, yeah. you know, I think it's probably can, it's probably what you're willing to do, like, like kind of what you mentioned, like what are you prepared to do to get better? Yeah. Um, so you see, like, I'm not sure. Again, I'm, I might have related a lot of things back to football because that's yeah. um, kind of how I relate things to. And I, but there's a guy named... Um, Alex Smith, who just won the Comeback Player of the Year award, mm-hmm. and it was it two, maybe three seasons ago, he got tackled and his basically leg snapped in half. Yeah, and yeah, had to have like multiple surgery. I think he almost died because I think he got an infection during one of the surgeries, mm-hmm. and no one told him, "Hey, you 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 should play football again." He wanted to do it, and like, kind of what you're mentioning, like yeah. the person he saw so being got healthy enough and actually played and actually took the was just the Washington football team, the team that was basically yeah. organization that was on fire at the beginning of the season and took him to the, basically helped him take him to the playoffs for the first time in how many years. And Yeah. And, good for them, by the way. That was huge. Yeah. And yeah. good for him. And, and, him too, yeah. and again, and how many people who maybe get an injury or something happens to them, they're like, it's not meant to be, but it's kind of like, again, what are you willing to accept and what are you willing to do? And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. 
reaching there, but it's like, I don't know what it's like to be in war, but yeah. I could imagine that like after your role is done, like you mentioned that you have to, there's a time where yeah. you probably have to accept the fact that it may be, and it depends. Like some people are probably military for life. That's what they love doing. But it's like, if you're going to become a, a civilian, you want a different life. Every, as you mentioned, everyone has problems. Yeah. I have, because I sometimes throw love at people, like write, writing poems for girls like a month in, just too much love, too soon. That's what my, my problem was in relationships, but that's okay. But many girls. That's romantic, actually, man. Yeah. Tell, tell Max that. No <laughs> uh, yeah. No, uh, I hear you, man. Um, and yeah. <laughs> like, committed. And I, I know like subconsciously if you're heartbroken many times then it's like mm-hmm. like i guess because uh, i know do you know stephanie howie yeah. she's got transition to some spiritual stuff i actually did a healing session with her yeah uh, but like, like she, steph she's an she's awesome um, she's a great woman yeah um cool. but again it's like the initial she told me she's like why would your i guess i'll say body want to be sexually active with a female if you got your heart broken so many times you mentally might be ready and want to but it's like yeah your body like again it might be something yeah don't know how i got there but it's like same thing it's like there's so many things we hold on to like stress wise yeah. broken hearts or yeah. going to war that hey mentally you could be curt mm-hmm. but then subconsciously something happens that can bring you back to the state that like you it's mentioned, so it's true. work it's so true you know and that's that's why that's a you know, everyone's looking for the magic pill, you know, because they're trying to change a lifestyle, change who they are. They're mm-hmm. trying to change that. You know, I've had many conversations about this stuff, right? Have you heard of uh, microdosing um, psilocybin mushrooms? You know, I actually haven't. I think, I don't know how much I know, but I know, um, well, mushrooms, obviously, psychedelic trip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I've heard, so I've heard I'm, don't quote me on this. Yeah, Do your own Sounds research. Cool, I'm not yeah, a doctor. Well, you got but, me intrigued. I'm like, really? Um, like, this is cool. Like, yeah. microdosing <laughs> for regular people can just put you, yeah. like, in a good state. And I'm just curious that maybe, again, things that we outlawed. Yeah. Um, that maybe certain, like, something like mushrooms where if you take a certain, like, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know, man. So. Yeah, it's crazy. That's what's beautiful about the science. But, like, we're always, there's developing new theories and stuff like that. And that's why, like, for me, I like to keep things just simple with people because it's like, because what she said is actually correct, though, because there's what most people are trying to do is how do I be happy and remove the emotion of depression? How do I not get the urge to do that something stupid ever again? Man, I don't think I'm going to be kind of real right now. I don't think that ever happens. I think it's just disciplines and habits that keep you Mm -hmm. like, because like we are who we are a little bit, right? Like I'm, it's like me saying. Going from that high running hair on fire, me, you know, I mean, man, I'm a pretty ambitious dude, right? I'm a pretty intense guy. That's like me going, man, I wish I was never focused as much. I was more intense, dude. Like, that's the chances of that <laughs> never getting that feeling again. And, but so I think, I, I do believe it's tough though. I, I think it's tough because there's some fun in that. I'm just going to be a little real right here. There's a little fun in that kind of stuff. Like some people who have substance abuses, there was fun in there a little bit. Or like Afghanistan, there were some thrills in there. I know this makes me sound kind of weird. That was a kind of an adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. You know, like nothing compares to that. You know, like um, how do I apply myself at 35 instead of 25? I'm not that guy anymore. That's a different life. Like what do I do? How do I apply that in today's society and still be me and not trigger anyone and not be too forward? And blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of that same thinking of I like what Steph does because there's, there's some perceptions on that and I agree with her of just – well, your mind's everything. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Like you, you have to retrain your subconscious that things are right and not right, but like belief systems is what I'm just trying to say. Like, because 
I'm always going to be, we just are who we are. Like if I, I I'm always going to be that ambitious guy that wants us, but maybe I won't be, but right now I am kind of like we said about the football player. You can't take a line out. You can't take a line. You can't take a line and cage him when he's not ready to be caged. Mm. That's just what I'm trying to say. The analogy. And I think that's kind of what Steph's saying a little bit is like, but how, but if being that lion was doing bad or it wasn't serving you, how do you still be a lion and change all that? That's a, that's a lot for some people. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And that's where we get into these things, like what you're talking about, what she's talking about. And I don't disagree with any of it. I'm totally open-minded to always being a better person, by the way. But it's just, I think where the mistake is, is too many people are trying to change themselves. I think they have to evolve themselves. You can't change who you are. Like there's aspects of you who can't change. Do you understand what I mean? Like there's just is. And I'm sorry if people disagree with that, but our DNA, there's just things like if you were born, you weren't around your parents for 20 years, you're going to come back and there's going to be so many aspects about yeah. you that you can't change. However, you can evolve. You can change how you think. You can change what you believe and your perception on things. Mm. That's what you can change. And I think that's where the mistake is. is mm. Well, I don't want to be addicted to drugs anymore. I don't ever want to drink again, but why do I always get the urge? Well, dude, it's... It takes time, you know. Oh. You got you got to you got to pound the pavement. It's like, how come I'm not getting rich in a year? Well, <laughs> <laughs> dude, like, there's some reality to it too, a little bit. But I think, and you, and you, sorry to cut you off, but no, do you it. think? Again, um, I'm always like, yeah. I'm very cautious about the age we're living in right now, especially the time we're living yeah. in. I think I was talking to a couple of buddies. I'm like, I remember that time, those history, the history books we got taught in high school, and those pivotal moments of history learned about. I'm like, we're in one right now. We easily. And, totally agree with you. And do you think part of the problem is, you know, again, hey, Curry, you want a burger? Let's go on our phone and skip the dish. You want even marijuana yeah. um, or alcohol? You can order marijuana on an alcohol to your door now. Um, Tinder, Bumble. Yeah. Um, um, like everything's almost like instant gratification. Yeah. Do you think um, that itself or people's perception of how easy things can be or come mm. to you is almost um what's the word i would say i guess inhibiting um people's actual ability to change or develop 100%. because yeah why aren't i losing again it's like the new year's resolutioners in the gyms you typically january february packed in the gym yeah march march comes same regular bob doing curls over there same guy you saw for years uh-huh. same people and do you, so, I don't, do you think that's like a huge part of it where it's like i think it's a huge i think it's everything he was like, why am I changing? And I just I put my intention, put my, I wrote my goals down yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally think it's everything. Actually, I talked to my mom about this year, but I didn't talk to my business partners and I talked to some other people about it. So like the thing is, is um, every 10 years you have to evolve anyway. Mm. Like look at 10 years ago. Facebook was the thing. Yeah, I know, right? I think, right? Like it's 20, just 2011. Oh, it's 16. Okay. Have things changed since then? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'd say every five years you got to change. I think what happens is people just start to burn out. Complacent. Th- honestly. Love being cocky. Well, think about it. Get yeah. a nice Snuggie, put just, on some Netflix. Just, that's just really what yeah. it is, man. I think just to get real about that question yeah. is just people get burnt out. Because when we're kids, everything's so exciting and there's so many things we don't know. Like, I want to drive a car. I want to go to the bar. I want to get drunk. But I want to smoke. Out, so much curiosity is that, oh my God, I can't wait. I got to get through school and go do all these things. And then you get out. Whew, and then you make every mistake in the freaking world, right? And it's like, <laughs> You're going to go to college. Oh my God. Like girls and guys and all oh, this is so exciting and drinking, going to bars and bar age. And now you're going to get married and have kids. Okay. And that's about 25. It's like, okay. Right. Like it's, it's just kind of like, but then what happens is the world keeps going. Oh, it doesn't, doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Or especially if you live in Alberta here, 
Yeah. Doesn't stop the, now. The oil field life, minus oh. 40 blizzard, away, we're still on work. Oh, <laughs> Doesn't stop. It's crazy. And the price of, and it's like we're out of work, but yet the price for a barrel right now is what, $46 it is right now? It's right. actually gone up. It was a negative 46 a year ago at one point. You go Google this. It was only a month, but it yeah. dropped. You know, I think everything dropped. Yeah. The whole market dropped. But anyway, um, I think honestly, just what it is, is, is there's, I think we just, when we're t- up to 25, it's like you're part of the quote unquote, the normal change. You go to the bar, you get married, you have kids, you don't, whatever. You have a relationship, you get heartbroken. Oh my God, life's terrible. I'm going to drink on Saturday nights and bitch about people. Okay. And then it seems the world gets really big to you and it's hard to keep up with everything. Like TikTok, I don't even understand it. Here's where I'm going to own it. I don't fucking understand TikTok. I don't even understand it. And that's on me. I'm not I even touch better. it, I don't think. I was talking to my niece. She's 21. I'm like, what's the thing? She's like, TikTok, she's explaining to me. I'm like, I don't have a fucking clue. What, <laughs> what, what's wrong with just taking a I don't know. Sorry, yeah. this makes me sound old, but it's like, but I get my parents a little more. I get my grandparents where like, think about the automobile industry, think about technology, think about CDs, eight tracks, cassettes. Think about when the car came out, when steam and oil started like changing, when steam was the thing and coal and like that was the hot resource. Now oil is the resource. Now it's going to be renewable energy is like Bitcoin, like our whole currency is changing. Like, man, there's a lot of shit going on. And, um, but I think we're the number one thing where it's hard to keep up with is ourselves. We kind of lose sight a little bit of, we always say that, oh, I've been in two of myself for 10 years. Dude, I got some news for you. You've been going the whole time. Develop those habits where you liked it or you didn't, right? Your friends are your friends for a reason. Your job is a job for a reason. Your money's the money for a reason now. You could disagree with it. And I'm being really about myself, you know? Um, I think that's just, I'm sorry, I got a little in depth, but no, that's no. really the answer to your question. It's just, yes, technology, but that's our way now. Apps and social media are the thing. It started 10 years ago, but it's the thing now. Yep. Whether we like it or we don't. Just like there's going to be a day, sorry people, where cryptocurrency is going to be a thing. Probably. Where there will be a time when we are going to go more to electricity and more renewable resource. It is going to happen. When yep. the oil's not going away, I don't think it'll ever go away. I think it'll just get too expensive. To be honest, that's my own belief on it. I don't think it's ever going to dry up. But things change over time. That's just how the world works. Maybe something in space will happen. That's going to, maybe this Mars thing that Elon Musk is trying to do. Dude, fuck, we could sit here all day and talk about this. But at the end of the day, I think the number one thing that's where we got to start with is ourselves. Our daily reflections, our weekly or monthly reflections of, okay, what fuck just happened and where am I going? You got to stay in tune with yourself. And I'll be honest, it's a little tough as we get older, you know, hair changes, face changes, skin changes. You know? Yeah. Our knowledge changes, what we believed. I think the number one mistake, sorry, I'm talking a bit, I'll turn it back to you. We're trying to keep doing the same things we believed are excited about 10 years ago. Um, that's where I'm going to be real. And I'm, and I'm guilty of this. What I wanted to do at 25, I'm still trying to do at 35, but I'm not excited about them. I didn't really update that of my goals and what I want to be. 100%. That's what I think it really is. I don't think it's the app itself. I think it's our thinking. I'm it. not sure if you experienced it or not. Again, I'm only, I'm only 26 turning 27. A lot of years left. Just a puppy. Uh, we just, <laughs> just a puppy. <laughs> made a, made a ton of mistakes still. That's the perfect like um, but I remember distinctly waking yeah. up probably maybe six months ago, eight months ago during the lock, like obviously during this lockdown, yeah. just moved into my own place by myself. Um, and I just got up, just got a dog. Um, but I woke up and things felt different and I saw things differently. Yeah. Um, I woke up and yeah, I'm not old. I'm not saying I'm trying to be old here because I'm only 26. Um, That's okay. I woke up and. I woke up and I was actually 26. I'm like, yeah. I realized my parents aren't as young as I thought they were. They're actually a lot older. I'm in my mind. I'm like, 
and I see other people kind of like everyone's kind of getting on with their lives, progressing. I'm like, yeah. I'm not where I want to be. And, Good for you for doing that, having that realization. And I woke up, I'm like, I'm not a kid anymore. Like, yeah, I think for me, for a part of it, I think maybe what people try to do is they either maybe try to relive their adolescence where it was carefree. <laughs> you try to live for the weekend. And I think that people just kind of stay in that bubble, get the nice cushy job mm-hmm. that they don't like, but pays pretty decent so they can afford whatever they they live in. And, and yeah, it is scary. It is daunting because, because like even how I think is, um, you, I think, you know, my friends, Kevin, Kevin, Nicole, Chris, Kyla, yeah. um, the, the Roos, um, yeah. my, Good crew. amazing, amazing people. Yeah. And again, I'm I'm not in the business space anymore that they're in on the financial industry. I well, I don't think last time we chatted, um, I would think I was like extremely part time, but now I basically I terminated my license with the company. That's okay. So I still my I still need a license. I still got my license. I don't have to redo that goddamn test. That's I'm, okay. I'm not. But then for me, it's like it's all good, dude. I know I'm on an extremely different path. Yeah. I'm gonna be again a different line of service, different way of serving others, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be a level that I will probably. Change, obviously evolve not change but evolve as a person and be yeah, think different yeah, um, yeah. and who knows again like there are some of my, my best friends in the world right now but different experiences different paths yeah. maybe I'm going to be closer to some of my brothers and or sisters in arms because I know there's some pretty badass females out there who could uh-huh. fucking carry heavy weight and beat up some dudes so <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. I might have just close relationships with my my guys because uh, again I go back to football yeah, and why some of my sports, first of all, my sports relationships, but my football relationships are some of the strongest I have. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, again, I have my best friends like Kevin Nicole and Chris and Kyla, yeah. but some of those guys, those relationships probably will never be broken because no. it's probably similar to, I'm not going to say football is like the army, mm-hmm. but in the way it is itself, um, a lot of people, I think, who haven't played football, especially in Canada, were very hockey oriented. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Canada, but football grabbed my heart. But here's football, and here's I'm not sure if you ever seen this way, but it's hockey. You can have like a McDavid, mm. where he passed the puck to McDavid. He's gonna score and win the game for us. Yeah. Or soccer, you have Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, or maybe you have a, a great goalkeeper. Yeah. Who can take over the game? Football. Canada's twelve guys, Americans eleven guys, but there's say twelve guys on the field. Similar probably to military and to business, where each person. You're gonna come. Out, you're gonna come into contact with people from various walks of life. Yeah, there might be some assholes. Yeah, but everyone has to be proficient at their own individual job for everyone <clears throat> as an organization or a collective to win. Uh-huh. And football is like I always equate that to life, where you know there's gonna be people. I'm probably missing the point where I was just rambling right now. But no, go man. This is good. I know where you're trying to link, so absolutely go for uh, it. Yeah. Like fo- football to- is. Yeah. A sport where you go through basically battle. Like I played defensive lineman. My job in high school I was a bit bigger. I had to block the quarterback. Yeah. So I was one of those fat fat asses back in the day. Yeah. And every day, basically, you're I was I'm probably, I wouldn't be surprised to have some CTE, whatever. But every yeah. every play, banging heads with someone across from me. But I have my line almost kind of like a war. You got your guys beside you. You're, mm-hmm. you're battling almost like every day. Mm-hmm. And because you go through almost quote unquote the shit with someone. Yeah. It, it kind of changes who you are, changes 100%. maybe your best friend who may your best buddy from back in the day, but because you didn't have those similar experiences where I got your back, you got mine, you actually yeah. felt it, then you you saw it. Again, I think people yeah. sometimes are scared, um, especially uh, I think I'd, 
told this like, one girl who kind of broke up with me a few months ago. Like mm-hmm. I sent her a voice message afterwards. I'm sorry to hear that. Bro. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. Fucking crush me. I'm a very romantic, yeah. very emotional guy. Yeah. You're and, your guy. Yeah, well, that's part of it. Yeah. Especially, no, it's hard to meet women out there right now when you meet one. Yeah. And then, um, but I think I, I basically said to the effect of to her, but I think it's true for a lot of people. It's, I think we're not scared of what could be or what what could go wrong or what could go right. What can be? I think we're scared 100%. of because I think we all want the nice life, but then we're scared of maybe taking that step and yeah. going for it because. Well, yeah, man. My you. life's so nice right now. You know, there's a, we have a mutual person. We know Ben Spangle. Yeah. So this was a while ago. So we're friends, right? We're, you know, we're not like, we don't hang out every week, but we're friends. We're good friends. Right. We have conversations once in a while. And um, I asked him the direct question because he's a huge personal development guy. Because oh. we, we both, we all know that about, it's not always the failures we're scared of successes. Um, I asked him directly. I said, in the business you're in, what's the, all things being equal, what's the separate? Why does someone make this money, not this? Why does someone's business do better? Why does someone, what's the separator? He didn't even blink. He said identity. I'll, use, I'll take from Ed Milet, for people that understand what I'm talking about. So that's why I don't want to steal this because it's my Milet's, but <laughs> it's like a thermostat on the wall. I know you know this, but just say it really quick. It's the thermostat in life is what we think we are worth. When it starts to go up, we're naturally going to cool off to what we think we're worth. The same thing when it goes down, we're going to naturally heat ourselves back up and that's how our life is. So the going down would be the failures going up would be the successes, but it's so true. So, and I'm going to say something because you're involved in relationships. I'll say something. It's kind of the, there's going to be, you ever saw those people where their friends are the people that they should be dating, but they're dating someone that let's just say they shouldn't be dating. And it doesn't make any sense. You want to know why that is? Because they're dating the person they think they're really worth. That's why they just, that's why. And it's just, that's why, that's why it doesn't work. They don't understand. But what's problem is, is they're, that's their comfort zone of mm-hmm. what they think is worth. So I do believe in law of attraction, but I think it's only 50% of it. Once we attract it, now we got to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> like we got it. Now what? Right. So it's like, that's where it comes to work. Right. And I think that's where our own identity comes in. And I think that's why evolving is so important. Mm-hmm. And that takes time because sometimes if you come from a poor background, you want to make more money or you want to have that dream person in your life or those dream associations. Like, so for me, I'm not a dream association, but I'm a pretty high standard person. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to be a higher standard in something you want me in your life, if you're not committed to it, I'm going to drive you fucking crazy. Like absolutely insane. Because at first I'm going to. And I had to get used to that, by the way, being around people. You know, I had to learn to be a little more calmer because I was pretty either do I get that photo of the what kind of guy. And that's so I'm just tying into what you're saying about that you're absolutely right about the successes. I think they hold us back more than the failures. I think touching the burner makes us quit, but I think we always come back eventually. Yeah. We really want something. Let's call it what it mm-hmm. is. I think it's just the fear of getting something because we don't want to turn into a greedy person or we don't want to be too happy or too comfortable. Dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yes, that will happen, but it's just, it's like getting it out of your system. It's like, if you make more money than you're supposed to, you're going to go blow it, get that out of your system. Mm-hmm. Learn, and, learn from it. And you're right. Success sometimes can be more of a detriment than failures because you can get so complacent. And yeah. again, going back to football. I'm sorry, but I'm same with NHL, but when in the, I guess, especially in NFL, it's like, which NFL, the last team to go back to back Super Bowls was like the 03, 04 Patriots. Mm -hmm. So almost two decades. Yeah. Because it's so hard, first of all, to get to a championship, but then start to repeat. Again, you get there, Mm -hmm. I'm the champ, I'm man, I made it, we're the top of the heap. And then because you have that identity now, not saying it's a bad thing to have that identity, it's because maybe... You think you're the best, and all of a sudden, the minor the things that got you there, you stop doing. Mm-hmm. And I always look at a guy like Tom Brady, 
I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. Michael Jordan, same kind of way. Different ways of how yeah. to handle it, but same thinking. Like yeah. Tom Brady got divorced and he's like, I just want a male companion to live in my house so I can throw balls to yeah, him. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there, Brady. <laughs> Do it, man. <laughs> but, uh, Isn't he something though, man? He's like, honestly, like him or hate him. 43. He um been a 10 chap. So he's been in almost like every other year in a championship game, yeah. winning 70% of them. And again, he's 43, still not retired, still wants to play. Mm-hmm. And and again, like um, time time about you, the the thermostat is people said when he walked into that building, came to an organization because they had a very great team, uh, top defense, yeah. a lot of offensive weapons before Brady got there. But he's like when he got there, he's like we saw what it took to be a ch- to actually be as someone who's contending for a championship. We saw the work it took, mm-hmm. and he's like that guy showed us the example yeah. of what it took, and he is there. I think one of the first people there every day. Yeah. And even before the Super Bowl, I don't know many people this, he actually made his family leave this house for two weeks. Yeah. And he's been there before, but he's like, I need to get ready. And yeah. again, it's that the identity. He's like, I'm a, I'm a champion. I'm the guy who wins. Even though he's very humble, mm-hmm. he one time came into a building, no one said no one directly. He's like, I'm the best motherfucker on the planet. You know, I love that because there's always a confusion with people like this. Yeah. Because when they hear that, I was someone like, oh, they're so cocky. Okay, well, here's the thing. By the way, when we're talking about sports, guys, we're talking about Tom Brady and the highlighting. It's an example of a team of how they are successful. Yeah. So I like them or hate them, they are a successful team. So people are getting offended by this. Relax. It's just <laughs> an example. Some people, fuck the Patriots. Okay, guys, listen. An example of Tom Brady and how they were successful. So, But the reason I like this, same with the Bulls. If you're not a Bulls guy, Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's Tom Brady broke every type of thinking and belief of how things should work. Mm-hmm. And he keeps going. He doesn't like one thing, but but he 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 plays to win. So, for example, he wasn't the highest paid quarterback. He did that on purpose to give the team more money to build a team around him. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if he would have taken more of the income, there's because there's a salary cap. Maybe they wouldn't have the offensive line because let's call it. He's not the best scrambler. He's, oh. he's a pocket player. But what if they didn't have the offensive line for it? Would he still been good? Of course he would have. But would he been as as good? So he was smart enough to know that mm-hmm. I need to drop my ego even if I want to be the best to surround myself with people like that, you can't get to that mentality without, without evolving. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael Jordan was the same way. He didn't, he didn't win his first championship for seven years and he was the best player. But when he started playing as a team, it's in the last dance. When he started playing as a team, giving the ball more to the guys, then they started winning championships. So he always won the MVPs, but they won a championship. But what I like about those guys is they don't hide their insecurities. They use them. So, like, imagine man back in 2000 when he wasn't the guy. Mm-hmm. He was the starting quarterback in Michigan. But imagine the thinking on it. Imagine the, when he said, I'm going to be the best. Imagine the adversity. Or the, the adversity. Imagine people turning on him, laughing at him, people quitting on him, people saying, dude, you're not going to make it. You got drafted 109th. What the fuck are you talking about? How are you going to be the best quarterback? Him overcoming that. It ties in what we were just talking about before. He made a decision mm-hmm. and he stuck to his decision. He was committed. It just always comes down to the same shit. Michael Jordan was the same way. You know, he was, they're different people, yeah. I think, but same thinking. But here's where the problem is. We're all humans. A lot of people can't understand the thinking, whereas I think we're all like that. Or when we heat up too much, when that thermostat hits and we start to cool off, we have to find ways in some way, shape or form to bring that up. Mm-hmm. We just have to, because we only get one life and you, you don't know how much time you got left, man. And there's going to be a day that you're going to be on that bed or you're going to be sick and either you're going to look back and wish you did, or at least you tried or you did it. It's one of the three. Yeah. I guess that too, but there's going to be three really, because you're going to try maybe didn't get everything, but you sure should give it a shot. 
See, that's the life I want to live is I don't know if I'm going to get everything. I'm sure shit going to drop. A hundred percent. Right. Cause, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I like that. And that's what I think. That's what I like about Tom Brady and those guys. Cause they just keep getting better. Yeah. Like who, who really picked the bucks to win this year? I think there are a few people, but again, it's like, really? I did COVID, way, COVID I pandemic, on, no preseason. They were, but yeah, you're right. Is one, it's, it's Tom Brady. Like he, like, again, he wasn't always the, like his diet, his way of training. Like he never was like that. He made a, yeah. I think he said, um, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan, by the way. So people haven't noticed, but <laughs> <laughs> um, he has yeah. said like, he was like 23, 24. And he's like, my, he's like, my body should not be hurting like this. Mm-hmm. And he made it, found different ways. I don't think he, he doesn't touch weights. He does. I think his whole thing is probability. He's like, I just need to get my yeah. body to do what it needs to do. I don't need to look good, mm-hmm. be the strongest. And his diet, especially, except for the Super Bowl parade, I think he got pretty liquored. Um, mm-hmm. He, like, his diet is pretty regimented. He doesn't divert from too much. I think it's like dessert is avocado ice cream. Mm-hmm. He's like his dessert. And, and again, it's, he made a decision, hey, I want to be the best. This is what's yeah. taking. This is what I'm, again, willing to do. And I know his marriage almost ended with Giselle at one point. Mm-hmm. So there's, again, controversy in one of the football games, um, even though, like, they kicked ass and beat the team like 40. Like, there's, yeah. And then, and again, people, there's two things. They're always obsessive, too. It doesn't have a life. But again, you have to live the life. Like you mentioned, live the life you want to. You got to be the person you want to be. There's a guy named um, Tim Poole. He's a is he a journalist? I'm not sure if he's uh because there's different types of journalists. Some journalists go to like these terrible places to get be on the ground, get that real mm-hmm. story. And he said that he would be talking to people, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, it's so cool what you do. You travel the world. You're a journalist. How I do what you do?" He's like, "Okay, it's like um, that was like save your money, make like save up a hundred grand, and then put on a backpack and go travel the world." And then and a lot of people are like, "Oh, I don't do that." And I think, again, it's kind of what the, I know for sure with technology, we can get to maybe some successes faster, maybe easier in different ways than before. But I think there is a process which, depending what industry you're in, it could be six months to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if you want to be a, a chef like Gordon Ramsay, people, mm-hmm. yes, you could maybe have connections with a high-end restaurant, someone's going to build you a restaurant, but you have to go to France, you got to go to these places, yeah. you got to work your fucking ass off yeah. to get the experience, know what it's like to work in the kitchen, to have those skills, experiences. And I think there's a lot of people who like the idea of something, mm-hmm. again, afraid of putting the work in. Again, you had to make the decision of what do you want in life? Yeah. And I think my problem was, again, like until now, I was very trying to, I was trying to like, 10 spaces ahead of what life could be like. Oh, if I go to this, it'll yeah. be like this. And oh man, I'm so tired of that. Like, cause I miss, I think I've missed so much of life. And I think something yeah. to that, like you may not be the richest person by any means, but going through military. Cause I know military, you know, <laughs> no. severely underpaid. I don't think there's a, well, maybe a million dollars a year for everyone who's in military would be a good pay. But I'm like, I don't know if there's enough money you could give a, a no. soldier for their service. No. But I think there's something about following a path till its end. Well, that's really so. Actually, if you don't mind, I'll go into that for a second. Yeah. I see your ranger blanket over there. Yeah, that's my my father's. Uh, cool. I don't know that from over here. my bedroom because I nice. get some sunlight. I put it over the window, but it's yeah. um, I don't know something I guess to have. Especially the sword in the corner. Yeah, man, I know those things. Yeah, I caught that stuff. Hopefully, that's cool, man. hopefully, don't come a knocking, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's 
Yeah. Um, but I'll go deep for a second here if I'm okay with that, if you're okay with that. Cause that's really important. Cause like, um, with like living your life, doing what you should do. So a lot of people ask me for no money, how are you able to put yourself in a position like that and be so efficient and want to be the best? It's a good question. Same with being the life that I want to do today. Where, like, where, do you, where does your drive come from? Where does your focus come from? Why are you willing to put yourself through so much harm? Blah, blah, blah. All those questions. It all comes out. And I, and I, you know what? I've just learned to put it in a simple way because I, I truly think, I really believe this, everyone can do what they want to do. Because there's only really two things stopping people. One is what we just talked about, the identity and what we think we're worth. But here's the real other one. It's where I, I really believe everyone has the most confidence in. A lot of people don't have a lot of self-confidence. I'm knocking, we just don't. We all struggle with that, right? Mm. But you want to know where everyone has the most confidence? How much time we have left on this planet. Yeah. There's a lot of confidence around that, isn't there? I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next year. I'll do it when I feel like we'll get around that later. Dude, how the fuck do you know? How the fuck do you know? Right? And I'm not saying we have to be psychos either. We still have to enjoy life. But, you know, I'll tell a quick story. That's why I was going to go deep. So before I could tell you a quick story, I have a point. Go um, for it. Yeah. I'm listening to, a, it's called uh, the Daily Stoic. Okay. So I'm trying to be more like either, I think, Stoicism or, or Taoism, where I'm trying yeah. to go with the flow. Try I to, love it. Um, I saw my goals, but I'm going to flow yeah. again because something goes wrong. So many people are just wanting to quit. But um, it was uh, James Clear. I haven't read the book. Okay. Listen to podcasts with him on it. I actually Atomic Habits. Yeah, Atomic actually, Habits. Yeah. And he was talking about, like you mentioned, we're so, time is like such, we're so confident in the time we have, but it's like, it is. Um, yeah. Like, for example, right now, we're spending, oh, it's been over two hours already, by the is way. Is there going to be too long until people don't give a shit about this anymore? How long? I honestly now? haven't looked at the viewership. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't care. I love doing this. And if people want to listen, fun. they can. Yeah. If they don't, shit. whatever. It's um, good, man. But, uh, it's good. Yeah, I'm not here to promote anything or anything. I'm yeah. just here to chat with you. It was good stuff. Again, he, he was alluding to, yeah. like, if I were to say, hey, um, hey, Kurt, you have 20 bucks. Yeah. You'd probably be, what would you say? I know you're a nice guy. You'd probably let him up. I'd have the first question be like, what do you need the money for? Yeah, what do you mean? You'd probably be hesitant. Uh, 20 I'd, bucks. I'd probably give him the 20, to be honest. Yeah. But I, if Think, he asked me again, then I might. I'd be a little more hesitant yeah. on his answer. I'd give him the first time. Yeah. 100%. Money, and then you're like, oh, 20 bucks. I can buy X, Y, and Z. But then it's like, hey, Kurt, you have 10 minutes. I can. And with this, people are like, yeah. yeah. But kind of like you're saying, like, imagine if we teach, maybe not too much. Again, depends who you want. So it's not like if you have a wife, honey, can't, no, I can't help you because time, right? You can't say it to your yeah. wife, right? But it's like, if we treat time more like currency. Yeah. And then I think, I kind of want to, like, before you get your story, it's like, I think no, that's fine. If we treat okay. time like currency. Yeah. You have 10 minutes of your time, like, like 20 bucks. Mm hmm. What for? What do you, why do you need my time? Yeah. It's another thing. So just absolutely. No, I think it's important. And I think, you know, everyone says, well, there's 86,400 seconds in a day. We have to utilize all of them. Most people are laying to work. I agree with it. Man, trust me, coming from the military life, the stories I just told you, all these things, being in business, you got to fucking take care of yourself. Like I might sound like a tough guy. I'll be honest with you. When I'm hurt, I go to the doctor. When I'm sick, I stay home pre-COVID, by the way. You know, um, when I'm not mentally doing well, I take care of myself. So like, um, people always say Christmas isn't a holiday, it's a holiday, not a holiday month. I take a holiday a couple of weeks. The reason I do that is to reflect and get ready for the next year and learn and to take some time to myself because I, I feel I have to deserve it. And I do one week in the summer. I take care of my mental health. I take care of myself, right? And I think that's where people have to apply some time to that though too, is take care of yourself. They're always taking care of other people, taking care of their money, taking care of this, and always worried. They got to plan. I got to go, go, go. Take care of yourself. 
I think that's a number one. I really, that's my number one regret from the military. I wish I took more better care mentally of myself because I was just a kid and I was a hardcore goer, right? You could tell how I was, but you got to take care of yourself. If there's got to be time to reflect, reflect. Something doesn't make sense, make sense of it. You know, if you got to heal, heal. You know, it doesn't mean you quit. It just means heal. You know, mm-hmm. you got to take some time yourself. You got to cut those guys out. I don't, I don't see a problem with that, but I think it's an ego thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, our time's valuable, but also spending time with yourself, meditating or going to therapy if you have to, or getting around good associations, having some good self-talk, take it. I think it's just as important as mm-hmm. grinding. I think it's just as important as getting a good sleep or getting good nutrition. I really, truly believe that, man. Just from being around guys from substance abuses, combat experience, business experience, bad marriages, bad mentalities came from bad childhoods. Dude, you got to take care of yourself because that shit will come back. Hundred percent. Like welcome back. It's been before. Sorry, be no, I, I still remember you have a story to tell. No, so I'm gonna keep you on that. Chatting, man. That's good. Um, that's good. Like, exa- like one thing I said about the this whole pandemic and COVID nineteen. Yeah. Um, I had like a dad joke about it. I'm like she's not even twenty one. You can't even take her to the states. I got yeah. a joke about it before. Why are you so worried? But uh, yeah. Like that. Like I'm a pretty healthy dude. Workout. Yeah, you are. pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm just wearing a nice fitted shirt right now. Just came out of the dryer, so I look buff. But uh, it's the same shirt. Maybe it's yours from was it Air Postal? Uh, I think no. I don't remember. I got mine from um, J Crew or something. J Crew. You look better in yours. Yeah. <laughs> you look more muscular than me right yeah. now. Right. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> well, I was gonna say. Sorry, buddy. I'm kind no, of it's all good. But you take care of yourself. Your health. Yeah, like I said, I I, I always wish that this one thing, two things people got out of this whole or 2020 year. One, they figure out what they actually want to do in life because I think there's a lot of people who are like, mm. I've been going to work for this company I hate. Yeah. And they probably realize working from home, I get spent time with my kids. So I hope mm-hmm. one people, like for me, I decided to become a firefighter, got my first aid done, class three done. Yeah. And I actually got to get fit and stay healthy mm-hmm. and go through a process. And I'm very excited. And second thing I hope people took account of is took stock of their health. Yeah. You know, it's, I know it's money, money, money morning quarterbacking. Um, again, I'm not in a position to make decisions. I think it's one downfall of our government is had they not enough information in regards to yeah. being healthy vitamins like i've been taking vitamin c vitamin d3 omega 369 Good. zinc magnesium mm-hmm. about to take uh probably uh, milk thistle for my liver eventually Good. here yeah. um because I'm, I'm actually um because of the sexual thing i mentioned to you i'm actually um taking some t- testosterone replacements once a week right now good um good you know what you should do too is download my fitness pal yeah. With everything you're doing and just start plugging things in there. I'm not saying you got to do it. Do it for like a week or two and see which vitamins could be missing too. So for me, I actually lacked iron. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I have red meats, I don't obviously, but I, I, I noticed I lacked a lot of fats, good fats and iron. So I'm just saying yeah. that as a, oh, while you're bringing that. Yeah, thank you for that. And yeah, so like one thing I did is I just took, and one thing I'm not willing to do now is like, I'd rather spend hundred bucks on vitamins and supplements than go for a hundred dollar meal. That's just me not decide like, hey, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, we have one mind, we have one body. Yeah. And, you know. Good for you, buddy. Honestly. And especially now, I think this is, especially I think with the processed foods we're eating. Yeah. And a lot of sedentary lifestyles. I think even though we're living longer, I think sometimes we might be aging quicker. Like our prime is going to, I think because maybe some of the foods we're eating, maybe not taking care of our health. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be as vibrant and healthy as possible. And even, I even decided years ago, I'm like, I don't care when my testosterone drops. Mm-hmm. Naturally, I think it did this past year when I got really sick. Um, um, hence why I kind of shaved my head. Looks my, good my, my, my hair, you th- look my hair thinned a bit, my beard thin. Yeah, me too. I'm getting there too, man. Yeah, and, but I'm not where you are. <laughs> and for me though, it's like, yeah, like even when I'm 40 and 50, I like I'll probably still have testosterone and replacement. Yeah, because I want to be healthy, I want to be vibrant, I want to 
I only have one body. I want to take care of it. That's something I came out of this. I'm like, I don't want to waste my time doing something I hate. Yeah. Even if it's not paying me, kind of going back, following the path. Sometimes initially might not pay the most, but at the end, depending where you get, it could pay you tons of money. And I want to be healthy. And and it, especially with when finding a spouse, I want her, it doesn't have to be as hardcore in the fitness, mm-hmm. but I want her to take care of herself as well. 100%. So, well, um, they have to at that point because otherwise association and associations become way around, right? Yeah. So hopefully two can meet in the middle or be the same. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of something I hope people take. It was like, find out what you want to do and take care of yourself. Like I mean, you mentally, so it's, it's work. It's going to take work. Sometimes I don't even want to go to the gym. Oh, man. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the worst guy with it. I'm just being real. Yeah. Like, I'm such a go-getter. I'm like, why the fuck would I imitate? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Really, that's how I am about it. And I shouldn't be like that, but I do it. Because I know what it makes me feel like and I know what it does. Um, same with um, achievers. Having fun. Just going and having fun. What's the purpose of this fun? Nothing. Yeah. Just have some fun, <laughs> right? Chill out. Like, yeah. that's something I had to learn. Like, there's always, like what you say, there's the, I, I call it the arena. I put the uniform on. I put the suit on. Dude, you got problems with the standards in here. <laughs> You're gonna have a fucking problem. Yeah. But when the suit comes off, when the uniform comes off, you can tell I'm with you right now. It's all good. Chill. It's all good. You know, you can still be ambitious, but it's just all right. Relax. When I was younger, I didn't turn it off. From when I woke up to when it was eleven o'clock at night, I just okay. We're gonna work out. My friends were like, "Dude, you're driving fucking me crazy, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> you need to chill, right? No coffee or nothing in the system either. It was just, oof, right? Just go. Yeah. But it's what you're saying is like, you got to take care of yourself. That's me, believe it or not, not taking care of myself because I wasn't the most happiest. When I was my most fit, I was like 5% body fat and stuff like that. I was fucking miserable. Man. Shredded. I was shredded. I looked good. I felt Ooh. good. But man, was I miserable because my lifestyle was not fun. But my military life wasn't fun. So I thought fun was boring. Does that sound weird? But then when I got out of the military, it was like, oh, okay. Okay. I think it's part of life. Like I think there's like three categories. There's your work area. There's like your, your, your personal life. And then there's your fun category. That's how I divide it up. There's your personal side, your work side, and your fun. If it doesn't go through those three categories, then to me, there's no purpose of it. I think it's a little hardcore, but you know, does it serve me here? Does it serve me here? Does it serve me here? You know, but uh, no, I agree with you. I think you got to take care of yourself and everyone's different, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what you no, want to do. Like one thing I tried was, uh, you've heard of the carnivore diet? The what, sorry? Carnivore diet. The what? The carnivore. Oh, carnivore. Yeah. Yes, right. I have heard of that. I, I have carnivore. something. I, carnivore. Carnivore. I'm like, um, Jesus Christ. Something I am, uh, I'm a, I, I, I don't say, I mumble, but I'm a lazy speaker sometimes. I don't put effort into speaking. So I just, <laughs> But I, because I saw, I saw um, yeah. Joe Rogan, huge influence on me currently. Good. I saw him do it, and he's yeah. like, he got sh- lost weight. His immune, art, he had vitiligo. I said it was the best I've ever was. Yeah. And I did it cold turkey, cut off coffee. I just came mm-hmm. off a bout of acid reflux. Um, yeah. So I'm very, I love spice, and I had a bit much too alcohol. And again, I'm not 18 anymore, so my body can't handle it as much. Yeah. And I tried for again. I decided, hey, I'm gonna do this for a couple of weeks, a month. And I'm going to see if it works for me or not. Yeah. And I actually pretty enjoyed it. The only reason why I stopped is because meat is expensive. Yeah. Um, so a steak. It but is. I was eating. The only thing I was Jesus. eating was um, eggs, bacon, turkey bacon, chicken bacon. Okay. Um, grew, um, basically burger patties homemade with uh, some cheese. You're making me hungry. Um, all grass-fed butter yeah. and then steak. That's all I ate for about. I had some cheat days and coffee here and there, but I actually cut out coffee. What would be a cheat day in that? Oh, yeah, well, I tried well, regular, would be a cheat day. Re- yeah, pretty much regular food. <laughs> what is your cheat day, dude? Oh, I tried pizza, whatever. Oh, I see. I'm like, but um, like for me, I felt good on it. 
Um, my energy levels were consistent. They weren't up or down. Mm. Um, normal bowel movements, which was huge. Didn't get constipated. Um, didn't. But that's for me, and I, I decided to do that. Points, and then I didn't enjoy it all the time. Like fucking just eating meat all day. Like yeah, man. I enjoy food, but uh, this time I didn't. Again, try and be more healthy and. Yeah, man. but what was your story that you had? Well, the story, the, the concept was, was was like, um, I'll tell the story and I'll tell the concept of right. it. Because what I realized is I was always trying, it was one of the things, now this is a me thing, because I'm kind of an alien this way. Because I came from different worlds, obviously, as you guys found out. Like, even my childhood, I came from middle class and I came from poverty. It was half and half, right? It was, it was decent middle class, but I was working when I was 14, bringing groceries and stuff like that. You know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this today just for time reasons, but my, that's where actually my intensity came from. And do it, shit or get off the pot kind of thinking. Um, and I applied it into the military, which enhanced it fully. So when I got out of the army, you can just imagine that mindset on everything, right? And one of the things I didn't understand was why people limit themselves. Why do people procrastinate so much? Because I procrastinate too, but why do they do it so much? So when I got out of the army in 2011, I'm going to be totally honest with you. For about three years, I lived a pretty mellow, chill life. Made about 60, 80 grand a year at the job I worked at. I had a new girl in my life. Monday to Friday working, I was pretty relaxed. I just enjoyed being home, wasn't traveling all the time anymore. Um, but I'll, I'm, I'm gonna, that was my first exposure to that, is where I was going with it is like, but about 2013, I started to feel like I was dying, man. Like my life was good. I felt like I was dying. I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like I felt unhappy and nothing was wrong. So I didn't understand and hopefully people can relate to this, right? And then when we go to change something, we do it for about a week or two or three and then we stop doing it. So what the big question is, and I've had to even analyze myself is, what is the real separator to change something that's so uncomfortable between just doing it to doing it, like just doing it temporarily to actually becoming it and doing it? I think it's two things. One, it's a realization of how bad we want something. It's usually to impress other people. I'm going to be honest. It comes from approval addiction, mm -hmm. I think. I personally think. And just getting your brain around there. That's why being around those associations helps. So that's number one. Um, number two, unfortunately comes from tragic events that lead to that, whether as a kid or getting older. Like for me, and I'll be real with you on here, one of the things that led me to, out of that comfort life to get back into the beast guy, if you will, of getting back out there, being the guy that I want to be, um, was my dad. My dad was a great guy, but man, unfortunately, he had his problems with alcohol. Um, very unfortunate stuff, very verbally abusive guy, but he was a great guy, he had his students. Um, well, he never really kicked the bottle, unfortunately, never got rid of it. And then one year, uh, he did, he did kick it. He, he lost his job at this point. All these things, I'm not smearing him, but I'm going somewhere with this. He phoned me. He's like, Kurt, I'm actually taking this seriously because he had his, his false starts. I'll call it. And one day he actually got it serious and he actually showed it. He got, it was consistent that for two months, four months later, he passed away. Wow. He never, that's, he never had a chance to enjoy the new him. And what I got out of that, I was 20 at the time. He was 53 years old when he died of cancer. He was cancer. He got him. And he was diagnosed that a month after he quit drinking. And when I was going home from the funeral, it was the third year that I took from the military that I was comfortable. And I was driving home and I was like, that's it. Like, because I thought of my life. That was half his life already. If I lived the same life he did and I was looking at my life, the money I made, my people, I'm just like, I will never settle for anything less than what I want. Ever. You know, because like, 
I remember meeting him before he died and what we, we talked about and the look on his face and what he was talking about and what he regretted. And I, he, he, I'm so proud of him what he did, but he never had a chance to really do anything. He waited too late. Mm -hmm. And that's haunted me since then. So I, I don't lose sleep over it anymore, but like it fucked me up pretty bad about that of, okay, time's a real thing. Actually, in my lecture, did a podcast with Bradley and talked about this when his father passed away, kind of the same thing. Okay, that's like, that's real. Like, and I'm not trying to freak people out. It's just, you got to figure out what you want. And I don't think people should ever settle for anything less. I really don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you want to make the money you do, have the people you want, have the fun you want to have, the type of lifestyle you want, the kind of person you want to be. The only thing I would at time out agree with that is if they tried something new from what they wanted and they actually enjoyed it more, actually enjoyed it. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. There's people that go to school, but they end up being a stay-at-home mom or dad and they actually enjoy that more. That's what I'm talking about. But if you want to build a business, then you can't take three vacations a year. You just can't. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, you can't. If you want to be a great dad, you have to commit. You want to be a great mom, you got to commit. You want to be fit, you got to commit. That's why I love what you're talking about. It's showing that you've actually taken the time to figure it out. Does that mean you're going to be perfect at it? No. Does that mean it's uncomfortable? Yes. But what would you rather have? Would you rather have the person that did phases and now it's too late? And by the way, with most people, that's money. It's too late to compound. It's too late to do anything. Or they burn out. That's what I mean by burnout. People burn out over time. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen that a lot as I got older. You're probably starting to see it now with your friends as you're getting older, right? And it's just people, it starts when we're kids of, I can't wait to take on the world, man. I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to do that. And then when you get to your thirties, it's like, man, you're too ambitious. You need to chill. You need to stay at home more. You need to relax. It's like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Now, if that's being destructive, what I'm doing, I understand what they're saying. But it's like, dude, I'm not settling until my business makes this much money. There's this much into my accounts. I'm this type of person and I'm having this much fun in this, the gratefulness until it goes through those prisons. Sorry. And if people understand that, okay, but I already lived those three years. That's why I told the story. Cause I lived those three years and it ain't for me, man. I'm not the normal dude at that age. I'm not ready for another 30, 40 years of just doing that. And I'm, by the way, if people have a normal life like that and they're happy, good on you. And I mean that that's what makes us all different. But if you're not, there's why let it fester you? Why let it be like a drip on your head, like a, like a water faucet? Like, why do we, what's funny how we're human and we fucking do that. Mm. And it ties in identity though, right? Of, well, that spouse, like they do Coke, but if they, if, I'll give them four years. If they don't, then I'll leave them. It's like, you, you hear these stories all the time, yeah. right? Or I'll wait till they get their shit together. Dude, got some news for you. <laughs> yeah. You know when they're going to get their shit together? When you walk out the door. Because now they have to. And it's unfortunate that that's why it comes to that with most people. And I'm guilty of it too. So I'm not preaching, but I think that that's why goal setting is important and reflecting and, and being self-aware is because we have to be aware that we shouldn't be scared of losing time. We should enjoy our time. That's why I'm glad what you said, but it's like, if you're not happy with what you got, man, I don't care what the people around you say, because they might not be there for five, from five years mm -hmm. from now. And you just wasted your fucking time. That's why I love you brought up time. That's why I was going to go with that story mm -hmm. was time, currency, money comes and goes. Get used to it, but you can't get time back. If you make mistakes, you can own it and learn from it. But if you're making patterns of it, you know that's a losing formula. It's losing. You're going to lose. If you break the law, you're going to get caught. Sorry. If you do it over and over again, you're fucking done. You can read stories on this. People will tell you, don't take that life. You're done. Right? If you're taking shortcuts, it's going to come bite you. Karma does exist. I'm just being honest right now. And that's why I wanted to tell the story is that's I did go through a comfortable time where I was pretty laid back and I took it easy and I put my feet up and I got a little out of shape and I got woken up the hard way and I'm grateful it happened. I miss my dad. But what if he never passed away? Like I'd probably be that guy right now. 
And I see that with my friends of, and I don't even know how to have those conversations with people. Like that's why I'm bringing this up is maybe you can help me with that is like when I see someone that should be doing what they're supposed to be doing for what they want to do, but I know I can't help them because I just know how this works and I just be supportive. But what's the line when you keep being supportive to when you kind of either get real with them or cut them out? Right. So that's why associations are so important is because I love what you said about your associations. Why would you lose them? Great. Some of them aren't. And it's like, I don't know. I've had to figure that out in my life too. And that's not easy. And I just hope, and I think people can relate to this because mm-hmm. we, you guys know. Yeah. You guys know when something needs to change. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your dad first of all. Oh, that's fine. It was six years ago now, but it's seven. I don't know. Fuck, it was a long time ago. Thanks for that. But it's the reason I tell the story is because like I still today, when I wake up, I'm like, I don't feel like doing something. And I have that in my goals. And I'm like, you only have so much time. And then my let talks about that too. If you follow it, my let, he talks about the guy he's going to meet when he passes away kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Different thinking, but same thing. So yeah, that's cool shit, man. That I'm tying into your time stuff of, I'm sure people have stories of this, of how they, that's what inspires them. Like Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. I wonder what their story is that caused them to be like that. Oh man. I'm sure it's in his book. I need to read Tom's book. I know. I think, I know he did like a hard story interview, but definitely hasn't been on many podcasts. So I would love to either see him like on like a show like Joe Rogan's where he has like just free range to talk, but probably won't be for at least probably a decade till he stops whenever he stops. But, uh, yeah, um, it is unfortunate, you know, that we have to have these yeah tragic events. I think tragic can mean different things to different people. Of course, whatever that uh, is. Like, for me, the reason why I started fitness is, well, a girl, my high school sweetheart broke up with me um, after we got promise rings for each other. So this Jeez. was my, when I was... That's tough, man. And I was too... I like a freshman 50. I was like 250, 260, mm-hmm. 2.4. And... And yeah, and I was wearing like XXL and you could still see my belly and, and I started working out because I was like, I want to, like, I want to show that bitch. Like that's what I was like thinking back then. That <laughs> At was, least you're being honest. Yeah. Right? But that's what I mean. And like, then, yeah, that's all yeah. And yeah, but because of that now I love fitness. Fitness is a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, um, whatever for it happened. Yeah. Um, she broke out with me and I think it's what I needed. I was kind of a bit too soft. I needed, yeah. and now I'm being, I'm going to career where I need to be physically fit and have, and that's something I'm, I'm glad because I now I have someone that keeps me accountable to what I do. That's awesome. Um, keep my fitness, but yeah, yeah when you, again, it's not like losing your father. I'm not trying to say those. No, 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 but, no. It's, but it's the same thing, right? It doesn't and, matter what it is. And, and yeah, again, I think friends will come and go like, um, yeah, like again, I think it depends on your circumstances, your experience, what you're in. Cause again, you probably, if you're in business, you're probably going to surround yourself with more people, business mind people who are going to, yeah. push you but i think um you mentioned like how do i cross the line from support until maybe tell you tell my friends so i think it comes down to experience and how well you know them and um trust because yeah. my I always bring this yeah. guy up almost every podcast shout out to kevin rogers mm-hmm. um he's like one of my honest friends like he if i'm a bit overweight you'll be like peter you're kind of a fat ass and it sometimes it hurts me i'm not gonna lie i'm, I'm an emotional guy but he's someone i have trust in i value yeah. his, I, we have a friendship and he can do that to me, but not not everyone can. So I think you need uh-huh. to has to be a register where you can be honest with that person. And of course. Some people, again, like you mentioned, like there's seven billion people in the world. There's gonna be a few assholes for sure. There's probably gonna be people who are just gonna be lazy. Yeah. And if they have that universal income idea, there's probably gonna be a decent amount of people who are gonna take that two grand a month and just live in an apartment. Yeah. And there's gonna and be a that's right, cool. So. If that makes them happy. So that's why I always go back to that. If that's what you really wanna do. But for me, see, I've had to learn, like, I'm just not wired that way. 
Sometimes yeah. I don't think you are either. Like we're, we're the same, but we're different. But I don't think we're, I just think we're wired. It's just like, I'm just unable to settle for something that makes me unhappy. Like why? Like, just think like, why? Like I get it's a comfort zone. I get it's identity, but dude, like I do uncomfortable shit all the time. Sometimes I don't know why, but it's yeah. like, I get it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I kind of talk myself out of that. Right. It's like that quitting mentality and stuff, but you're right about like, there's going to be people in the world that they're the fuck ups. I'm just going to say it, that they screw up for everybody else. Right. They, they do some, something they're not supposed to do, but it's also timing with people. I think of where they're at. Like for me, my process right now is my close five. I have one that's always makes me uncomfortable, which would be the Kevin Rogers to you. Like they yeah. just kind of make you uncomfortable. They're not the first person on the wedding list, let's say, but they, they're there for a reason. I don't know if Kevin is that to you. I got a friend like that too. They're no. like, I think I am now that I think about it, I'm that guy to most people. Like, <laughs> Kurt's not the first on the wedding list. He's kind of an intense asshole. But you know, I want the I want him in the corner for for being real and getting things done. And I'm okay with that. Um, but like, and then in my other four, and including this other one, if we can't be honest with each other when that door closes at some point, can't work. Mm-hmm. Like it just we, we got doors closed. I mean, like, dude they make a mistake or there's something wrong you got to be honest because if you can't be honest with them who the hell are you gonna be honest with you can't be honest with yourself for number one that's not what's happening right so everyone else i put to the acquaintance role because either not what you're saying like the timing's not right and they're just going through a tough time and they're making stupid mistakes i'm saying stupid because it could be anything mm-hmm. okay well then you know they're still my friend but it's like you're over there yeah um and there's just some people i'm just gonna be honest i flat out cut out um but it's not that they're bad people i don't think there's ever anything bad i don't think anyone's a really bad person yeah I think there's just differences and I think people are misled and I think people go dark. Cause I'll be honest, you, you, I call it going dark. Like what happened after your relationship? I've had some bad relationships too and bad endings. I've gone dark in my life. Going dark meaning <laughs> yeah. you're not doing well. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you're not. And people are like, well, what the fuck's wrong with this person right now? seems like you're doing well though. But you know, what's funny is out of those dark times, we get some really cool things that happen to us and we end up keeping it, don't we? When we get better, we yeah. get more light again. And it's like, that's how I compare it. It's dark and light, right? Like, or the valleys and the, the mountains, whatever analogy you want to use. Yeah, yeah, man. I think I think our associations are just so important. But you need the ones that make you uncomfortable. Because in my opinion, if you don't have one, how, if, yeah, come on, let's be real. Like, how the hell are you breaking anything up? Like, you're you're gonna be there for five years from now, and there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe enjoy your life. But if you want to keep pushing, like, you need that one that's gonna be like, you kind of roll your eyes when they see the name on the phone. It's like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, right? you kind of need that a little bit. Yeah. We all need a little David Goggins in our life. Yeah, you need the guys that are like. Oh, <laughs> I can't tell them the accountability buddy. Right? Yeah. You know who they are, you know? Yeah. But anyway, no, this is good stuff, man. And I think it's very important. Yeah. I think we, I think it's important. it is, it's, it's bad. But I think it's what people need to hear right now is that, Hey, um, you need to decide what you want to do and you need yeah. to, and it's going to be uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. like, like fine. I understand fire is very, well, I think most industry, everyone says it's competitive at fire, but I think almost any industry right now is com- like competitive to get into. There's so many people. It is very And yeah, I, I, like for me, I'm not going to pay any attention to that. Cause like, again, it's going back to like being confident in yourself. Yeah. What are my skills? And now if I focus on the other guys and what they're doing, then I'm not going to focus on what I'm doing. And true. I'm confident. Like, again, I'm not saying, and this is probably coming from a sports background. I'm a very nice guy. I'll, 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 as soon as we step on that field, I'm going to, fucking kick your ass like it's good i'm like lose that mentality you call it the field to call the arena uh, same analogy yeah. right it's like all right let's go you nearly broke my body playing flag football jesus um but yeah like uh but i'm gonna be confident i am and i think i'm gonna crush it i'm gonna succeed and good. and i think you'll, create, you'll crush it too oh thank you worst case even if you don't i'm not saying you're not going to what happens you do it again 
Yeah, do it again. And just figure it out, learn and do it again. It's and I thought when I was, I thought when I was, yeah, in high school, that's high school, high school sweetheart at the time. Um, I was gonna be married with kids by this age in business, and yeah, n- n- nothing of that happened. Uh, I'm living in a con. I'm thankful about uh, supportive family who support me in what I want to do and. And do I, is this where I want to be? Not even close. Like I'm very, yeah. well, you know, as a, a, a guy, like even though money, like we mentioned, money is not important. Like it's not the be all end all. We definitely need it to get what we to live in a house. Yeah. Um, but even as a guy, we know money isn't like the most important thing, but it's like, it's a little confident, confidence in rotor. Like I don't have my, I'm not making that much. I don't have much money saved. It's like, who's going to yeah. want me? And, but it's like, yeah. Again, let's go back again. I think what we touch on is being honest. You Just know, be honest, man. Be uh, yourself. When I when I want to get in a relationship, probably within the first couple of coffee dates, I'm probably gonna not like being a dick, but like tell a girl, hey, this is what I'm about. This is where I'm starting at. This is where I'm going. Just put the ring ring on the table and say you want to go right. No, I'm just teasing. I'm yeah, they don't do that. I'm teasing. Oh man, sometimes I wonder, like maybe those arranged marriages aren't uh, so bad. <laughs> yeah, you got to get comfortable with the person. Right? But um, but yeah, and I know that. Again, like you mentioned, and this is kind of talking back. Like, I know I'm a nice guy, and yeah, again, because yeah. people haven't experienced a lot. Of people haven't experienced niceness in their life, especially from right here. A lot of females, young females, like the romance, the chivalry is is few and far between now. Yeah. So when something happens, I think it's not that someone doesn't want happiness. It's because they're back to identity. It's like I, no one's treated this way. Never had this experience before. Yeah. I don't deserve it. Well, it's also understanding. Like, let's say you're doing something that's great. Here's the reality. You're going to have haters. You're going to have haters. You're going to have people that disagree with you. It's just the way it is. When I made sense of that, that really increased my self-confidence, honestly, because I'm a very caring guy like you. I care about everyone next to me. You know, I, I come from loyal, being loyal as a kid. I come from being loyal in the military. I believe loyalty and honesty and integrity rule the world. Unfortunately, that's not how the world works in everything. Even though integrity and being honest, I think is everything. Like, look at look at the police, man. Like, they'll let murderers walk for just being honest because of ratting people on stuff. Like, that's how important it really is. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just being honest. It really fucking yeah. is. And um, why aren't we so honest? Yet? Because we're scared of what people think about us. We are approval addicted. And the one thing that I think that's why we, I love what we talked about because like where it starts with is ourself. We have to accept ourselves. We have to accept who we are, what we're good at, what we're not. Because when we're doing, when we start to become more successful, you're going to attract more haters. When you start doing things wrong, people are going to want to help you. And it might be the same fucking people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and um, <laughs> it's kind of confusing, but it's like, okay. But it's, um, I get it now. But when I was younger, I didn't. I'm like, dude, you just hated me. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm just competitive. It's like, do you understand what you did to me mentally? It's like, but they don't. They're just yeah. themselves. And by the way, I've probably been that to people. We just want something that. Like if I want to be heavy in fitness, I'm going to have that one person who's got way better body than I am. I fucking hate him. Yeah. <laughs> Love him as a person, but I hate him for having that body. But it's like, okay, I need to get there. Yeah. Like they drive me. Um, but it seemed with like if you want to go back to school, like like I'm going to be going back to school actually while I do my businesses. Nice. Military is going to pay for it. So I'm, first thing I'm going to take from the government because yeah. I just read I serve. So I might as well get my degree. It's going to make more connections, be more padding. Plus I also just want to do it. So but hey, that's another story. But do you know how many people would disagree with me just saying that? Well, schooling's so stupid. You can do that. Dude, I get it. Yeah. Right? I get it. I, if I didn't weigh out the pros and cons, then I hear one of it. Dude, I weighed it out. You know, that's what I want to do. Now, if I'm open to insight to what gets me to my goals faster. Do you understand? Yeah. There's going to be haters. And 
I love the haters, honestly. They drive me. Look at Michael Jordan. He loves haters, right? Oh. He just fucking don't piss off Michael kind of thing. It was like a thing with him. Um, but no, I love that about you of how like you're already thinking of all these things. And it's just like, I just being honest, I think it's the number one thing. If people hate you and you're honest, who cares? I hate you, but they don't like what you're doing. Okay. There's people, honestly, here's the funny thing. You know, people, I'm just going to highlight this because it's just what you're talking about because it comes from that, right? If people disagree with you, not liking what you're doing. Most people that don't like who we are, they don't even know you. Here's an example. Think of your top five best friends. How much do they really know about you? Honestly. I think to an extent or maybe the, the right. side I decide to share. Yeah. So how, how the fuck do your haters know so much about you to make that decision? Yeah. <laughs> it's just if you really think about the concept, right? It's like, I, I love listening to some of the things I hear about me, even from people. I'm like, wow, that's, I've heard some stories from what I did in the army, what I did in business, what I did with people. I'm oh, just yeah. like, dude, that is wild. Yeah. And I enjoy it. And it's funny when I try to go clear the air on some things, they're like, I don't even want to hear it. It's like, oh, I get it. Gotcha. So honestly, like what I've learned, the reason I'm talking about haters right now is because that's what stops us from doing what we want to do a little bit is we don't want to piss people off or do want to have that feeling of being bullied or want to have that, but you know what? Even if we just sat in our room and didn't move, I mean, COVID's a perfect example. Do we still have haters right now being locked down? Of course, yeah. of course we do. Are there going to be people that don't like this podcast? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. I don't know. That's how I, that's what built my self-confidence was I like that. I kind of like to know that. If I don't have someone not agree with what I'm doing, I don't think I'm doing something right kind of thinking. That's how I look at yeah. it. I don't think I'm doing something right or I'm not letting enough people know. I don't know. That's how I look at it. Though. Yeah, man. That's just growing though, isn't it? It's yeah. Well, I think we're I think we're discovering is we're pretty much kids in adult bodies trying to figure out this life. Well, it's the evolving thing. Right? Yeah, and everything's evolving. We're in a pivotal moment yeah. of history where, you know, potentially our political system, how things are ran, could be changed. Um, yeah. Um, just a lot of things. I think after this year, a couple of years, just the world's been vastly different. Yeah. And again, it's like either with it, like the only reason why I'm on social media and have social media is because I know it's the future. If I knew it wasn't, I'll probably be like, yeah, I'd probably wouldn't be on social media and I'll be in a cabin in the woods somewhere. Like, yeah, I'm the same way. My social uh, media is terrible right now. And I need to work on that personally myself. And, so I hear you do. But I think, yeah, it's like kind of what we talk about is just gotta, yeah. whatever. It's like, you have to, do what drives some people up ignore the haters some people use the haters as motivation you have to f- then goes back again to taking care of yourself come what we discuss and i think per- i think when people hear personal development they all immediately go to positivity and think positive but i think i how i view personal development is building that self-awareness within yourself is if i didn't try to um, look inside myself and find out what i dislike or, or don't like or dislike yeah you're never know, going to know what you're on. You're going to have all these problems, yeah. consistent problems. You're never going to learn and grow. So I think it's you have to find out who you are, what you want. Yeah, it's hard as hell to stick to that because again, you right. meet, meet a you meet a woman, you think she's the woman of your dreams, or you can spend the rest of your life. And inevitably, you know, when you meet people, you change and form and grow, mm-hmm. evolve, and you. But and then. But then soon this person's gone and you may change your entire life. I'm guilty of yeah, that. Of, we all are. Um, yeah, absolutely. But then it's like you stopped working on your goals and your stuff because you got into a relationship. Well, it's, well you got to learn how to do both. Yeah, you got to adapt. And you got to adapt and you got to keep going for what you're going while coming in. Life is, it's like I think what the quote is, it's not, it's not easy, but it's worth it. 100%, man. And um, well, personal development, that's a fun one because everyone should be personally developing. And yes, it does lead to positivity. There's things they don't tell you. 
Because let's say you do it for six months to a year. You think everyone next to you is doing the same thing you are? No, you're going to outgrow them. You're going to change from them. So then you got to make decisions of like, okay, so what world do I serve with the associations? And they might have the crab in the bucket mentality and they might not even know it, right? They don't teach you for that kind of stuff with personal development, getting better or life experience. You had a life experience and then you try to do the same things. Like what I said about coming back from Afghanistan, right? I hold, that's a pretty big life experience, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I'm not knocking personal development. I'm just saying you kind of need that fear a little bit with the positivity. Yeah. I think you need it. Um, I can't remember her full name, but Barbara from the shark, from shark tank, Barbara, she was talking to this lady. She was very optimistic. This, the one that was in there pitching. Barbara even told her, she's like, I love your optimism, but you got to have that fear. You got to have that fear. I'm going to lose. What if this, what if this, you got to, I don't say you got to live off of it. You definitely need it. I don't think if you have it, I don't think you're being real. I'm just being honest. Like, yeah. I, I think you need that fear a little bit. You need that anxiety, right? I love those feelings. I call it the, the tingles in the yeah. fingers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, oh, I don't like this. I thrive off that. Like if I don't feel if you have that, no, if you're having like a panic attack, that's too much. Like yeah. You need to back, yeah. right? But I, you kind of need the tingles of it. Yeah. Kind of need it, but you got to stay positive with it, yeah. Because otherwise, you get <laughs> well, you get pretty fucking dark, you know. But I yeah. agree with it. I totally agree. You need the you need the fear with it. You need the real, yeah. Or you need someone in your life to give you the real and be open to that. I'm guilty of this in the past. The fuck do you know, man? It's like you wanted it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Come yeah. on. This was a long time ago. I'm better now, but I was very hardcore. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? That's not right. They're like, well, it's not right or wrong. You asked me to give you the perception. Here it is. I'm like, yeah. Um, just being that open mind to diversity and different thinking you know yeah yeah it's cool shit man but like i, I personally think from the military to personal that our civilian life or normal life we're all the same we're all human being in afghanistan guys like guess what they're just people being in the army they're just people business owners they're just people and everyone's just a person we all want the same things right we all want to make more money we all want to feel like we're loved we all want to feel like we're doing something we all want purpose we all want those things mm. We all do. I don't think there's anything wrong with what the hell we want. And the best way that I was described it, this is a little darker just from what I was saying about my dad, but here's how we know what we really want. If you went to the doctor tomorrow and he said, or she said, you have two years left to live and one year you might be sick for a whole year. When you go home, what's the first thing you think of? Whatever you thought of, that's the most important thing to you. Could have been family, could have been money, could have been making peace, could have been purpose, could have been whatever. Whatever you're about to think of or whatever, that's the most important thing to you because the time's been removed from you. That's what's really important through all the bullshit. That's how I was viewed it. Um, I know that's really dark, but that's that's what I view it as. So like whenever I remind myself what's important to me, whatever, however I want to deal with that, Either I got to get better or I'm ready for it. And I just got to get going, right? Does that make sense? Sometimes you got to get rolling. There's a lot of things we talked about even before the podcast that you talked about. It's just got to get rolling with it, man. And it's not easy. All these things you talked about, you got to throw through a trial and error and you're going to fuck up. But how much time do you want to spend trying to figure it out? And how much time do you want to spend ooing and awing about it, right? Like which one put on the scale? Every decision's a scale, isn't it? There's fear on one side of procrastination and not on the other. Which one weighs what? You got to weigh it, right? So that's, that's so important of like, that's why people are like, well, what do I want to really apply this to? Well, that's the answer. And it doesn't matter what it is. You don't even have to tell people. It's yours. If you want to go and be a millionaire, go be a millionaire. If you want to be the best, most committed spouse in the world, perfect. If you want to be the happiest human on earth. You want to spread love and joy, perfect. It doesn't fucking matter what it is. But if you don't, if you want to spread happiness, but you're miserable about yourself, well, <laughs> can I be real on here? Like, <laughs> you know, if if you you know if you want to be a millionaire, but you're spending all your money, you're not making any more, and you have no desire to learn how to do that, I don't know what to fucking tell you, like. You're just not ready, mm. but get ready. You know? I don't know. 
So I, that's why I love personal development because I like where it's applied. Cool. Yeah, it's a perfect way to end things there. You went on a good rant there, but you hit some great points. And sure. Yeah, it's a perfect way to end things. Let's do it. You got to be ready. You got to keep rolling. You got to. Let's go, man. Yeah. And personal yeah. development again. Basically means you're just getting better, getting better, and times times change, mm-hmm. the world changes, and you get older, and the difference between well, obviously there's a lot of things, but one of the main difference between maybe the people who have some success versus a Michael Jordan mm-hmm. or Tom Brady is just they're willing to get better every day. They still like Tom Brady. Still, he's married to a fucking supermodel. Yeah, they never age. Like, come on, and but like mm-hmm. he's still. He was just practicing recently. He said, my eyes are on number eight. And, and that's just the difference. Some people, they can become a champion. They have some success. They cool a little bit. And, and again, it's whatever you want. But yeah. he's one to put that work and get better. And oh, before we end things, I want to say thank you for the service you gave to our country and serving Thanks, overseas. Um, yeah. It's not a small feat. And is there any last points you want to leave people with? Sure. Yeah, just two things. Um, just from everything we talked about, you know, just coming from just a normal guy who just does things and Number one, man, just, yeah, we got to keep getting better. But honestly, just be yourself. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. This is going to sound like some pretty corny stuff, but this is how valuable this is coming from a tough army guy and all these things. Be yourself. Be vulnerable. Be you. Because you never know how, you have no idea how relatable you are to other people through the good. And maybe you struggle with someone's going. Maybe it's just saying your story or maybe saying something of who you are. You could really help somebody. So even me coming on here and sharing my story, I was pretty vulnerable on this podcast of how I felt. I didn't hide anything, you know. Um, hopefully I help some people out there with even their mentality. And the second thing, guys, and this is going to sound very important, but it's or kind of corny, but, you know, it's fine in the world to to be upset at someone. It's fine in the world to not agree with someone. There is absolutely no reason to treat someone like shit. You know, just treat people well. Look what's going on right now. You have no idea what's going on in their head, kind of like the, call, the Colin uh, Kaepernick. I can't yeah. pronounce his last name. But, guys, I'm not saying you got to agree with everyone. I'm not saying you got to, you know, share a blanket with the beach on these people. But. There's no reason to treat people like shit. And I know when people, if they're, they know me, they know how intense I am, how competitive I am. But if you really know me, I don't treat anyone bad. You know, we're all, we're all just on our own journey. You know, we're all just trying to figure it out. And there's just no reason to treat people, treat people well. You know, like I said, it's fine to have a vendetta or whatever, but you can be pissed or you be having a bad day. But just always put that smile on and treat people well. You might change people's lives just by doing that. So just always treat people well and just be yourself. Love it, man. Thank you for being here. It was Thanks, fun. Buddy. Yeah, it was good.